I want to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com. That's right. That's where you go to. Sign up for our email list over there. Um, also, we've got, if you check the menu, there's Lola's deals. Lola has daily deals that she throws up out there to help all you guys. We can't put that up on most social media anymore. Um, so go to hankstrange.com. You'll find all of that. We've got links to our merch, etc. Like, uh, you, for example, you can find a link to our, our Ballistic Ink store there and other places. We've got the, the, the Hank Strange patches that we're selling. Those are all in the store. So go check that out. Thanks so much. We appreciate you guys for doing that. I think that we are coming through right now. Um, also, help us out. Smash the thumbs ups. And share this if you can on social media because I think that YouTube is still ghosting us here and folks are not getting notified. Like if you rang the bell, you're not getting notified. I don't know what YouTube did to us, but you can help us out if you're watching this to, uh, by sharing it. And I will drop the open right now. This is crazy. I can. Yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. What'd you say? I, I'm, I clicked on the closed caption. It's actively close close captioning mm -hmm. everything you say which is yeah. wild that's so crazy <laughs> so, no wonder they know exactly what we're doing when we do it oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah and i think they're ghosting us specifically because we're like we talk about gun stuff live and they've furloughed so many people they're ghosting us so that i guess we don't reach a big audience since there's no one there's no overlords i guess to watch us every night so yeah, they just—that was the solution. It's just uh, don't yeah. don't send out invites for that. Yeah, so it's just really crazy. Um, I know lots of people have been complaining to me about it, so I appreciate everyone doing that. All right, so let's get everything going here. We've got Scott from Sky Firearms joining us. We've got Babyface P. You guys know we got to do the jazz hands. Get the jazz hands going, Scott. There you go. We are live. I hope you got your big girl panties on. This is episode 533 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Yes, indeedy. And our, like I said just now, our special guest is Scott McGregor, Sky Firearms. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Uh, awesome. Thanks for coming back again, Scott. Um, I think the last time I saw you was at SHOT Show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's it gets so crazy at Shot Show. I think we only saw each other for a second. I just showed you the new gun here real quick, and then yeah, then you were off, you know, talking to other folks. Yeah, it was a little. It was really busy in the booth. You've got a new guy. What I'm trying to remember what his name is now, but I know him. There's a guy that works with you guys now that came, that uh, I've known for a while in the industry. Chris Davis. Is it Chris? Chris, he worked at uh, some other companies, Glock yeah. and Hudson. Yeah, know? right, right, exactly. Yes, Chris, it worked. Yes, exactly. Chris is how I yep. got into the Glock T&E program, which is notoriously wow. impossible to get into. And then Chris left, and I, yep. and I was okay. I was still in the program. Guns would get sent out. I would do videos <laughs> by the guns. And then the per then that person, there was like someone who replaced Chris. They left. Now, no more Glock stuff for Hank Strange. Shut well. up once again, but, you know. And then he went to Hudson, and... <laughs> yeah. We all know what happened there. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I love my Hudson. Yeah, baby, hey, baby face I, has I a Hudson. I love the Hudson. In fact, we, we had a couple of uh, one of my some of the, my distributor buddies, like uh, Chris and I, have a deal going where there's one of the distributors that has a few left, and they're giving us a smoking deal. Well, on them. I think it'd be cool to have. Yes. Well, so Babyface got a really good deal on a Hudson, and he was real proud of himself. I have not been able to. If you guys wind up getting like a, a, a nice deal or something, hey, I might 
I might chip in and get okay. one if there's any right. left. Right. I know that's well. He did. Um, Chris is the one that put all the packaging together. He did mm -hmm. all that, and mm -hmm. he did a great job. And then you know, obviously through some other uh, circumstances, you know, it didn't work yeah. out. But but you know, they always they did everything first class as far as packaging and, mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. else. But yeah. you know, it's unfortunate uh, the way that went. But yeah. but yeah, we're very lucky to have Chris with us. Uh, he's a good he's got guy. a lot of industry experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. we're, we're really excited. So he's our director of marketing. And uh, it's it's nice. We have a really strong team between uh, Bo Hudson, our uh, CEO. C, uh, I'm sorry, he's our COO and our uh, VP of sales and marketing. And then Megan, who uh, Lola knows, uh, who works on our social media and then myself in sales. Uh, it's even though we work remotely, we're rarely in one place at the same time. We have a very strong and uh, cohesive team it's been a lot of fun yeah that bo hudson you mentioned he's not from hudson is he bo hickman no oh you said hickman um, okay i thought you said hudson hickman, there for a sec no 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 bo hickman oh, yeah okay <laughs> so yeah. i was just about and, to say uh, but yes he did for that yeah he, he did work too oh, prior to all, all the prior to all the issues okay <laughs> yeah it was crazy when i was talking to chris at your booth he was telling me because i remember when hudson launched and he was telling me about mm -hmm. and it was crazy days and he was like, yeah, man, I don't have a Hudson. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? So, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 But luckily we're, uh, you know, he's doing a great job for us. We're, uh, we're in a good spot. We're, we're shipping a ton of guns. We're mm -hmm. building a ton of guns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as long as we can keep the parts and pieces going, uh, we're putting the guns out and, and shipping a whole bunch every day to distributors and to some buy group members and things. But mm -hmm. yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Babyface P here also joining us, doing double duty the, this week. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. You're going to get a bonus, Babyface. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, how many times zero do I get? You. I'm going to give you five times zero. Five times <laughs> zero. Five that's times. Awesome. You are welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You know what? I'll get you a hat. Maybe. I think there I, you go. I think I could hook you up with a sky hat. That sounds good with me. <laughs> I, think so. I wanna. Yeah. I don't think I've. Have you shot the new striker fired gun yet? No, we, that's one of the things uh, we're going to talk about. That's okay, because that's yeah. that. Yeah, I I want to see how that is because Hank did a video and I got to shoot the yeah. hammer fired one, but yeah. I'm really curious how the striker goes. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're. Uh, I, I was at the at the factory maybe two weeks ago, and uh, I put a couple hundred rounds through it. And we, we made one little change. We had them at SHOT Show to show them off, and we were expecting to ship a few weeks after that. And then we made one little change that really made a big difference. And, you know, rather than send it out and then make a change, we just wanted to make it squared away prior to shipping any of them. So this last time I was at the shop uh, there in Daytona Beach, I, uh, I put a couple hundred rounds, you know, in one uh, – in like in one sitting there in our test range. I put a couple hundred rounds through it. And uh, it's significantly different, and it shoots well. And I should have one this week to be able to take outside and try to, uh, you know, see how far I can ring, uh, you know, ring some steel with it. So, nice. uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're fired up about it. It's going to be well received, and the price point's going to be huge. You know, uh, we expect it to be somewhere around 300 bucks for the striker gun, mm -hmm. and then we'll make it available with the red dot as well that we've been using. So. Oh, okay. So there's going to be two. There's going to be two versions, right? Or or three versions? Yeah. No, two. Well, two. 
The, the options on that one, basically, it, it's like a Model T, you know, what, what frame color do you want? You know, Sky's known for um, Sky's known for having the different frame colors in our in our CPX line. You know, you can get the pink or the orange or the, the green or the, the purple blue or the flat, yeah. flat darker. Well, in the DVG for a lot for a while, it's going to be like a Model T. You're going to like, you know, as long as you like black, that's what you can, oh, that's what you can have. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, you can get stainless slide, but uh, you know, mm. otherwise it's going to be black. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and this is—is is it going to be? Um, it's not. Doesn't have a safety, right? Uh, no, no external safety at the okay. moment. Um, you know, good, if we good. get enough demand for it, we might put one on. But at the moment, it's going to be striker fired. Uh, no external safety. Ten plus one. Uh, you know, 10 round magazines. It'll use the same nine millimeter magazines we've been using. Mm -hmm. uh, and it'll have a three inch barrel. It's about 15 ounces. And the trigger pull is between five and five and a half pounds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, they, they shoot well at recoil. You know, the recoil impulse is super manageable. I was very pleased with that. I, I I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm a bigger guy, I, I, but uh, I'm kind of recoil sensitive, you know, like. Uh, how was that? Uh, how is that the thing? Well, here's the deal, right? And, and I don't know. I mean, it's kind of story time here. I got You got to bear with me. Yeah, and you are <laughs> a competitive down. shooter, also. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I uh, I was down at uh, Shootout Lane with Jerry Mishlick one year. It was 2012. Okay, that's a soft and flex right there. Soft flex. Like that. Shooting like with that. Mitchell. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it's just the truth. And, and does it count? Is it okay if he's on your speed dial? Does that is that oh. make it?
<laughs> <laughs> By the way, so that's Chris, right? And um, if anyone wants to see it, because we can't show guns on the podcast now, which is another crazy thing. So we, these guys can't show us the gun, unfortunately, because, you know, craziness, right? But you can probably go yeah. check out Sky on IG. I'll run that in. But Chris and I do have a video that we shot at uh, SHOT Show 2020 where Chris was uh, talking about the gun and all that kind of stuff. I think I made Chris break down the gun in the middle of the thing, and I was asking him all kinds of questions, you know, yeah. that he, you know, he wasn't ready for. He didn't, you know, he wasn't ready for my well, investigative questions. I think he'd been on for all of, you know, a, a couple of weeks at that point, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And we all just, he showed up to SHOT Show, you know, mm-hmm. like taking a drink from a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy SHOT Show. Crazy SHOT Show. Who knew that was going to be the last big show of the year? Oh, no, seriously. Yeah. At no the kid. time. Yeah. See, Babyface, you should have, like, uh, you should have. Not. You should have I made, did all right. made it out there somehow to SHOT Show. <laughs> Ugh, did yeah. all right not getting the, the SHOT Show mug. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, there was something else here. Um, I'm trying to go back here. Someone was saying it. I think it was – I don't know if it was Vanessa Kitty. I'm trying to go back and see. But she was saying that gun, ch- that gun channels aren't even showing up in her thing. So I don't know if it's just um, – if it's just this or YouTube did whatever they did here to other channels. Whoever said that, um, hit me with that comment again. And, uh, you know, and we'll... Uh, oh, you, uh, Lola, by the way, sent me the video. Hold on. Let me roll this in here. Let me see if I can open this video for my YouTube, the YouTube channel. So what is the... Like, when do you guys think this is going to be coming out? Can you talk about this yet? Exactly... You know, uh, it'll probably be shipping towards the end of April, uh, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're, we'll get you one as soon as we have a production model to be able to send you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've already talked about that in house here, so uh, that'll be good. I think you'll uh, you'll dig it. Like I said, I mean, you know, it's hard to not be able to show it or, or not have had you guys, uh, you know, had your hands on one yet. But yeah. but uh, the recoil impulse was very manageable. Uh, it wasn't snappy, you know, it was, uh, it was good. It felt good. It's a good size. It's not a micro, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like a little tiny skinny pistol or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, that said, I think more, uh, more surface area in the grip, you know, and that type of thing makes it more, uh, shootable, you know, it, it's more pleasant to, to actually go out and shoot. Yeah. Have you guys announced MSRP on it yet? Uh, yeah, it's, uh. I want to say it's like three thirty nine or something MSRP, wow. but I mean, Cause some, me somebody was asking. There was a comment in the chat saying, "Why a Sky when there's CZs and Glocks?" And my answer was price, but I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. the price yeah. offhand. First yeah, of all, that, that, first of all, shame on Brian Quick for that. Was that Brian that asked that question? <laughs> I don't know who. It before was. I, I shame him. Before I shame. I don't him. think it was Brian. Quick. <laughs> oh, I think it was Brian. <laughs> well, let's let's just address that because I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when these guys asked me if I wanted, when our owner Joe Roebuck approached me at Shot Show a year ago and asked me if I wanted to be a part of the, the team at sky. Uh, you know, I kind of went, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I said, you, will you send me guns to shoot? He's like, Oh yeah, we'll send them to you. And I mean, I, I had them by the time we all got home, I had them in a matter of days and, uh, I went out and I put the very first weekend, I put 500 rounds through the nine uh, millimeter, the CPX two. And I put 700 rounds through the 380 mm-hmm. just cause it's, that's all I had mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> they, 
it shot well. I mean, they were good. The 380 actually shoots really soft. It shoots really nice, like for people that are recoil sensitive. And plus, it's also got the, uh, uh, you know, the slide because you don't have to have that uh, big heavy spring in there like a nine millimeter. You know, it's very easy to manipulate and that type of thing. And it shot well. I didn't have any issues. Uh, the nine millimeter, same way. So think about this. We all have guns that we like. We all have some Glocks. We all have some SIGs. We all have those. You know, if you've been around guns at any time in the last, you know, while, or if you've been around a while, you all, you know, everybody has had these other guns. And I do. My very first pistol I bought was a, a Glock 19 from Gallinson's in uh, Salt Lake here, you know, in 92. <laughs> it was used for 275 bucks, and I still have it. Um, what was it? But, what was it again? Uh, Glock, 19. Glock 19. Glock 19. A Gen 2 Glock 19 in 1992. Oh, wow. Okay. For 200 yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah, it was a smoking deal at the time, too. And then, uh, but my point being, let's say, you know, that not everybody can run out and, and pay, you know, what you have to pay for a Glock or what you have to pay for a SIG right now, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, and the owner, Joe said he just doesn't want anybody to be priced out of being able to protect themselves and be priced out of the second amendment, you know? Exactly. So if you think about it, what if you had a single, you know, a single mom, you know, with a restraining order, is she going to probably be able to go pay five or 600 bucks mm -hmm. or can she, you know, pay 200 for a, or, you know, I think, you know, I've seen a much less than 200 for a CPX two and nine millimeter that, you know, she's not a shooter. She's not going to go out and shoot matches. She's not going to go out and do that type of thing. She just needs something that'll go bang if necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was Poe Izzy that asked that question. So the shame should go to Poe Izzy. But I'm going to go easy <laughs> on him because hey, it's, his, his, it's a valid question. Yeah, his icon mm -hmm. has a transformer in it, so I will go easy. <laughs> so forgive him. But then I also have to apologize now to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna get complicated but look you know it's weird when so like there's this you know for, so for example right we have the glock 19 why should any yeah. other com why should any company out there make any other freaking gun just stop I, making yeah <laughs> exactly it's kind of you know like, I mean? why bother mm -hmm. remember years ago remember years ago when like your non-gun friends would be like hey i want to buy a gun what should i get and that was the answer all the time period yeah, yeah. but what and i'm now mm -hmm. Now there's so many options out there, whether it's, you know, it's like, you look, you're going to have to go feel these and, you know, yes. most places, ranges where you can actually go shoot them, yeah. you know, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, but, you know, like I said, Sky has always been a value-based brand and, uh, you know, Joe makes no bones about it where, you know, he doesn't mark it up like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. It's always great to have options. Mm -hmm. Okay. Come on now. Yeah. You know. I think there's so many cars I could tell you that are perfect cars. Honda S2000, perfect car. Like, everyone should just stop making cars, and all car companies should just make the Honda S2000. No, I don't think so. Some people can't, you know, some people need a minivan. <laughs> you know? I don't think I'd fit in an S2000. <laughs> I, I barely fit in there, but I still have one. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, you know when you see them online, they go for they go for a decent oh, amount of money. I am so missing. I'm so missing a Honda S2000. I'm just telling you, it's such an easy car to to uh, drift and all that kind of stuff. You know, Funny. when my boys were little, I would just put the two of them in 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 this passenger seat and just drift around on my property, and Lola would just be looking at us like, "You guys, you guys are crazy." 
you know, and they're just like screaming and giggling and we're drifting. But yeah, you know what? You still, you, we need lots of different cars out there. We need different options and choices. There's price levels of what people want to do. Um, there's comfort levels of what uh, people want to not only spend, but features that they want on things. We were talking about this before we started. Um, like, so the double action. I know some people don't like it when, when Babyface and I did that video. Um, yeah. The last video we did on the Sky, um, this that was the CPX... CPX2 two. RD. It had the red dot on the it. The red dot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We we like the gun. I like your um I like what is it? Do you is it you guys have the quad lock? Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, that's just there's four points of contact in the barrel like when everything's mm -hmm. locked up and it's ready to shoot. Um there's two points of contact under the muzzle and then there's two points of contact back by the uh chamber. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. It just locks it in place the same every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like all of that stuff, but I would prefer you know, a better trigger. Not everyone's a fan yeah. of the double action, but some people don't like like the strike striker fired pistols. They don't like the trigger on those. You know, some people like that long trigger pull. It's a lot yeah. like a a revolver. Um, you know, so that it's just it just we need these options for everyone. When you go to so, strike, yeah, go ahead. You know, like you're saying with the like you're saying with the vehicles and stuff. You know, I was a. Uh, over the over the weekend last week, uh, I was down in Phoenix. Like I'd gone down there before this all this stuff got super crazy about locking everybody down. So I'd gone down to Phoenix and I was with my friend. Uh, I don't know. You guys have me all worried to say who I was with because I don't. I'm not anyway. No, might as, might as, <laughs> you might as, you know you might as well drop it on us. You might as well. Drop all right. It on so us. I was down there with I was at Randy Luth's house. Randy Luth is the founder of DPMS. What? Before Cerberus, before Cerberus bought it, and oh, then okay. now he's the, <laughs> the owner and founder of uh, Luth AR that does the accessories, right? Oh, okay. and so Randy has a uh, he has a Dodge Demon. Yeah, very nice. And he, uh, I, I, I probably turned him down three times. He's like, "Hey, want to drive the Demon? Hey, want to drive the Demon?" And I was kind of like, "No, I don't want to <laughs> drive the Demon." You know, and then finally he asked, and I kind of went, okay, I'll drive the demon. And I took all my, you know, you took your knife out of your pocket. He had to ask you more than one time. He had to ask you more than yeah, one time. Yeah, wow. that thing, uh, I tell you what, but my point being, I drove that thing, and it was like grins the whole time. Like, you can't mm -hmm. help but smile in that thing mm -hmm. when you put it in drag mode. Mm -hmm. But that said, that doesn't mean that that's for me. It means I can appreciate it, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> I don't necessarily need it or can afford it or whatever, you know, and if mm -hmm. I could afford it, I'd probably have more of a truck anyway. But yeah. but the point being, I mean, just because something's not for you doesn't mean you don't appreciate it, you know. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and and people appreciate things in different ways. Hold on, I'm messing, messing up the order and putting this in. People appreciate things in different ways. I know some people, I'm not going to mention who, that baby face, uh, <laughs> his dad has the red eye. Did your dad get the red eye to 500 miles yet, Patrick? Nope, not even close. <laughs> it's so awesome. But he has it. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's, you know, I mean, it's a cool car, but some people just like to have, you know, to he have it. He just wanted it. Yeah, exactly. That's probably been his dream since he was like, what, like a little teenager or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, that kind of power when your dad was, uh, like, let's say 18, 19 years old, if you, if if someone would come in a time machine or a spaceship and say, oh, yeah, we, we're going to make a car from the factory 
that has eight, nine hundred horsepower. I'm like, that's nonsense. Technology, yeah. you know, we'll never get that kind of technology. So, you know, it's just everyone has different things for why they for why they do what they do. Everyone enjoys different things in in their guns, and you know, we just we, this is the reason why we we build different things. So, well, and you don't use you know you don't use a box end wrench to turn a Phillips screw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. everything has a purpose. Like my my old 1970 pickup out here is for just driving around town and going to the dump and hauling stuff around. It's not, you know, that's what it's for. It's utilitarian. And so the sky, uh, people are often surprised how good the fit and finish are and how well they run and everything else, because they, they mistake an inexpensive gun for being a cheap gun. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. So no, yeah. there's, no, a, there's a difference to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason to have it. Like I said, this is, it's not going to take the place of my, you know, $3,500 Hayes custom pistol, you know, that I shoot in three gun, but nobody claims it would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, totally different market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that said, the one that they did send me that I was telling you guys about, um, you know, I've been carrying it ever since, ever since I got it. And, uh, I have a, a UM tactical inside the waistband holster and, uh, it's super comfy and it's super easy to carry and it's, you can wear it, you know, you, well, like, you know, where are you guys at? You're Florida, you know? Yeah. Florida. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, summertime there, you know, you don't want to be carrying a, some big old heavy thing, right? Makes you sweat. Yeah. De- yeah. Depends so on who you per- are. If you're one of those people that only wears shorts and flip flops, no. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that I'm sure. Me. I'm sure it gets that way, doesn't it? Summer. No, he wears shorts and flip flops in the winter time. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get that cold down here. Come on. In the winter time in Florida, did you just yeah, say that, Hank? It sounded like forty. It's we're, fine. Yeah, we're kind of like North Central. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we get to freezing. So a couple Ish, days, like yeah. a Close. week, like one week a year. <laughs> no, yeah, for about exactly. an hour or two during the <laughs> during when the sun is down. <laughs> about three o'clock in the morning, one night. Uh, yeah, I yeah. woke up at three inches of snow today, and I think oh I think I've got about two more weeks, and I'm going to start wearing second. shorts all the time again. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's March 25th or something like that. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're not out of snow season yet. Well, I thought we were, but apparently not. Oh. Yeah. Let me um, let me ask this here. I know there's a bunch of questions coming in, so I'm going to have to try to take some of those questions. So the CPX2 um, and and all the other sky pistols that are double action. So if they get if the uh, slide gets pushed a little bit out of uh, battery, you can you can still use, you know, you can still pull the trigger unlike like a Glock or something else like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on how far out of battery how it, far is, it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if it's but, slightly, I mean, you can try, yeah. it has a second strike capability. Like if you mm-hmm. get a, like a, you know, if you don't light the primer off or something, you can squeeze that trigger again before you have to, um, you know, clear it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, so the reason yeah, why I mean, it is a, sem- it is a semi-auto, so, you know, it, you can't get it too far out of battery right. before it, uh, yeah, for, it's not gonna work, yeah. You know? the reason why I ask, I know sometimes you hear those stories of like people that are really close up and they tr- and they push the gun in on the person's yeah. body, but then it pushes it slightly okay. out of battery, it doesn't work. Okay, so right. when you go to striker fired with the DVG-1, does that goes away, right? That's not, uh, that's, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, well, no, I mean, it. Uh, it's like anything. If you push it out of battery, it's like any Glock or anything like that. If you've, you know, when you go out and do all the training, you know, people, guys will show you, but... Um, you know, a lot of them, that's why people come up with the little standoff things and mm-hmm. stuff like 
that. But um, yeah, no. If if you put any, if you push any semi-auto out of battery, chances are it's not going to fire. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope it doesn't, because then if it's out of battery, chances are the mm-hmm. barrel started to drop a little bit, and you've mm-hmm. got some space in there. And, you don't want that cartridge firing if it's not closed. Yeah. Someone's asking if I'm getting a red eye. No. That's Apple Byte. I'm not getting so, when when they when they go. Me on oh, this. What, go ahead. What what is what is the red eye? Which one is that? It's just one step down from the uh from the demon. It was they wanted the demon to be like the ultimate, so they made it like seven horsepower more uh, more powerful. Oh. But oh, okay. it's yeah. basically the same thing. Well you can't get right. demons anymore. Demons are no, you, they only right. made one year for the demon. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, the Hellcat Red Eye is the uh, is like the the regular factory demon, I guess you'd say. Yeah, you I think that's so the it's one a, they do. They do the road courses or something with that one, maybe. I think then they um, do road course like like uh, training. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, you, you can you can get a Hellcat Red Eye and it has that same engine or close to power, yeah. like Patrick is saying, but it's yeah, not it's, technically the demon, which is now like a collector's yeah. item. Yeah, Roger that. Okay, I get yeah. it. Um, so my thing with that is I would get one if it was all-wheel drive, which they don't. Hank and his all-wheel drive. Yeah, it's got to be all-wheel drive. Sorry, guys. Yeah. You know? Hank, Hank's uh, all-wheel drive. I'm that guy that doesn't really, you know, the burnouts and everything, it's all it's all good. But, you know, I would like to be able to use that power and do twisties at the same time. Hank, Hank wants to like, think he's going to drive through snow and ice. And, and he well, wants to no, I think he just wants to do the, the Hoonigan stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly, where yeah. he can, you know, whip around corners. Yeah, the all-wheel, the all-wheel drive is, first of all, if you— I'm not, not going to lie, that Hoonigan all-wheel drive 64 Mustang was pretty cool. Yeah, all-wheel drive yeah. is great for launching. So I could just tell you that right now. Like, my 500-horsepower car, this all-wheel drive, will beat a red-eye. I'm just telling you, it's gonna, it's gonna be it. I don't believe it. Yeah. Say what you want. Because all that power is gonna go to the wheels instead <laughs> we, of just like we were, like all the wheels instead of just spinning out the might, back wheels. You might get the first little bit off, but it's gonna whoop. It, Eight hundred eventually. Is gonna whoop eventually, eventually. Hey, when I drove that when I drove that demon, we went to a shop to pick up one of Randy's other cars that was getting oil change, and the guy from the shop, as guys at the shop will do, had a uh, had a thousand horsepower. Um, evo sitting there uh, as yeah, well. yeah. it looked rough but he's like yeah it's it that's goes sexy. So oh yeah gonna, yeah <laughs> i don't know uh, the one thing that's scary about those is when they break it's gonna be very expensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's true but yeah <laughs> you know how but it's you know what it's just like gun stuff the longer yeah. you're in it the more specific your tastes get you yeah, know yeah, yeah. yeah. i lo- i just like all-wheel drive it's just i feel like more power goes to the wheels you know it's better handling you know, some guys now listen, I'm not going to tell you the sound of the engine, you know, uh, a V8 like that, the sound of the engine just at idle or whatever, you're cruising, all that kind of stuff is super sexy. But I like to actually be able to drive and drive all over the country and go in all kinds of. I took, when I had the R8, I took that thing off road, all wheel drive. That's, you know, if I would have. Oh, that's why you had paint chips. Well, yeah, you know, the. the that's those are beauty marks. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I said, the more you get into it, the less you worry about the finish on your gun. You know, it's yeah. like you guys come over the range and wipe it off. You know, and yeah, I think all my all my stuff has been you know pretty. It's pretty high end stuff over the years, and the harder I use it, the better it looks to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't own any gun that doesn't have beauty marks on it. Right. Exactly. We get in trouble because uh, when I do videos, I don't know if this happens to you, Patrick, when you with your videos on the range but when we do when i do videos on the range we have these really super rusty barrels out there 
and it just makes people really mad that we put the guns on the rusty barrels. I never put it on the rusty barrel. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I use the table. <laughs> oh, see, I think the rusty barrel looks better. It looks cool, but yeah, I'm no, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, oh, I don't like the rust. I just, <laughs> it just gets me. What's what's it gonna do? Is it gonna know. like you know? It's gonna be like the virus. It'd be like it's the, gonna scratch the it, like COVID, and it's gonna take over the gun. Yeah, yeah that's right. People are so crazy, like especially with these oh, expensive God. gun with these great finishes. How do you know if this finish is any good? Did you get complaints when you put the um? Uh, what was that, 1911? Oh, the, oh, the one from Cabot. Cabot. Cabot, yeah. He, did you get complaints when you put the Cabot on the yes. rusty barrel? Yes. <laughs> Anything that goes on, it's like, how could you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you savage. I'm glad, they don't, I'm glad they don't see my stuff laying in the dirt. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. yeah <it's> like, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, I don't believe in safe queens. Yeah, no safe queens. Or garage queens. You know, Run. right right now I'm driving an electric car. I'm driving the e-tron, the Audi e-tron, because got it again. Uh, yeah, because uh, somehow there was a nail in my. Uh, I have an Audi uh, RS5, and there was a um, there was a nail in the tire, so I got to replace that whole tire. Oh, so, you have to replace the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. You got to get oh, a new damn, one. Was it? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what it's going to cost yet because it's the back. You it's the back to. tire. Huh? Can you file a claim for that? Well, I always get wheel coverage because <laughs> yeah. you know. But one, they don't do tires. No, they do. I, no, it covers it covers the tires because one thing I drive a lot and be, and and I'm always destroying uh, tires. So when I had the R8, one of those tires went out. I was driving around the country. Uh, you know, we we went from East Coast to West Coast and back. I um, actually did the circumference of the country, and one of those tires went out and cost 650 bucks. But I had the tire coverage, so I paid like 50 bucks. Ah, so, and that was worth it. Yeah, hopefully on this car, it's not super specialized like that. But either way, always get the tire coverage if you drive a lot like me. And you're always yeah. you're like a magnet for nails and stuff like that, so... Yeah, you know, I'm always scratching up the rims and stuff. Lola's always like, I don't know what you you don't know how to like park properly or something. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I treat the only thing I treat nice is when I get I'm into Hot Wheels cars. It's a confession to everyone. I don't open them out of the packages. That's the only thing. I don't. I have I have specific ones like specific ones that are. You know that I like the model for some reason. I love the '68 to '72 Chevy pickups. Oh, oh okay. I got uh, I got two of them. I got a '70 three quarter ton I bought from a farmer here in town that my daughter drives, and then I've got a. Uh, both of my kids can drive a stick because of that thing, so it's good. Okay. And uh, she drives it to high school. My boy, he's he's 14. He's been driving it for like three years. You know, around the around the property here and stuff around the neighborhood, but. Um, you know, those are those are kind of my favorite. Anytime I see anything that has to do with those and Hot Wheels, I get them. Or oh. you know, sometimes sometimes one just catches your eye. I gotta admit, no, you know, for yeah. a buck, why not? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. See, Babyface, another Hot Wheels guy right there. Res- respect it. Well, there's a difference <laughs> between like having a thing, and Hank just buys every Hot Wheels, <laughs> Hank, right? whatever he can, and he'll buy like five of them at the same time. Well, yes. hey, that's memories right there. I mean, I'm of the era, of, you know, before any of this other stuff. I mean, it, that was my thing, right? Hot Wheels and Army Men mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. any kind of you know uh, gun-ish type thing, you know, that mm-hmm. I could pull pull off as a kid, you know. Oh but, uh, man, yeah. 
you know, and I love those. I was the kid that was like getting to be eighth grade, ninth grade, you know, like almost into high school, not quite, but still loved Hot Wheels. And people are like, dude, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's always embarrassing when you're a bigger dude, too. People are like, really? yeah. You know, yeah, totally. yeah. My yeah. my embarrassing moments during this whole uh, you know COVID nineteen thing is like going into because you can get Hot Wheels in like Dollar Generals, um, uh-huh. so I go in there and uh, everyone's trying to get toilet paper and bleach or whatever nonsense that I already have, <laughs> and then I come up to the thing with a bunch of Hot Wheels. They're like, seriously, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's no friggin' apocalypse going on for me. I'm, I'm business as usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so along those lines, how many, how many friends have you guys had call and give you the, hey, uh, you know, I've had one call say, hey, you want to go to the range? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'll take you to the range. But I've been telling you that for like three years. Why now? You know, surprisingly, then- I haven't had a, I haven't had too many, but I think there are people that I know that typically wouldn't consider having a firearm that are now like, I really need a gun. I, I've had a couple that are, I had one guy call me today that he's been talking about getting an AR for like three years. And he called me from our local, you know, one of the local sporting goods stores. And he was like, Hey, what about this Daniel defense Mark 12? Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You'll get it and it'll work for everything you want to do. Yeah. And you'll stop asking me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, that is interesting right now. So that's why, like yesterday we were talking about this. We were like, okay, there's a, and I took a snippet out of yesterday's podcast and it's on the YouTube slash Hank Strange. And it's, uh, you know, so you're a new gun guy. Now what? Like, you know, what do you need to know now that you're a gun guy? And I think it's true. Like I've found that lots of people, when I went to the dealership today to deal with that flat tire, every single person in there was asking me something about a gun because they know I'm a gun guy. Um, yeah, you know, so everyone because I think like this thing just has people that everyone's wondering. I think we're what are we? Do you guys think we're a hundred percent? I think we're at least like ninety percent of people in America right now are gun people. At this point, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was speaking with one of my friends in uh, in California today, and he was saying that same thing. You know, people down the people there. Are, sideways like new gun owners are, are going into a shop and they're like what do you mean i have to wait 10 days to yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like this right. is what you and, voted and it, for yeah exactly yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and we've all seen the memes or the videos and stuff and it's absolutely true you know yeah. what do you mean i have to take a test this is dumb it's like really you think so yeah yeah you know? what i'm sure they're thinking hey i thought there was just a uh, you know gun show just, loophole just it's just yeah, yeah you order it it comes right to your house what you well and then the other thing is down there you got to do a background check on every you know every time you buy ammo Damn. now yeah that's mm. so ridiculous it is nuts i yeah. hope people... i mean having grown up mm-hmm. in san diego it's you know to me once they started registering uh receivers i was like yeah and i'm sending all of that to utah you know so i said put it in my in-laws basement but mm-hmm. uh i still had a mini 14 i still had my glock so i don't they just don't get it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully the people in all these states, not just California, New York, a lot of other states, I hope you guys like really become gun guys after this, you know? I, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, haha, I told you so, whatever, like laughing at them, but I'm like, welcome. Welcome to the fold. Now start voting the correct way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Learn, a, learn about the Second Amendment. Learn about it. There's a reason we have it. <laughs> you know? And really, yeah, really look into this. I mean, I was uh, texting with my sister in, in my uh, most of my family is in New York, 
And, um, you know, it's pretty bad. Like, New York is an epicenter, right? New York City. And they're, they're all in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I think right now a lot of people out there thinking, oh, crap. You know, and I was and I was telling her, I was like, listen, you know, because she's like, yeah, we're just going to shelter in place. Everything's going to be fine, which I, yeah. I think it will be fine. And I hope it's going to be fine. But if something goes wrong in the world and you live in a city. Yeah. Your problems just went up like at least tenfold. Mm-hmm. Well, I look so. at the difference here where I live, which is a relatively rural community. Mm-hmm. Um in northern Utah near Park City. Mm-hmm. And then I look at uh, when I drove down to Phoenix, I went through some small communities. Mm-hmm. The small communities were calm. The stores had stuff on the shelves. They're not big stores anyway, so there wasn't a ton of stuff on the shelves. Mm-hmm. But you could either you could go in there and kind of pick and choose. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they were out of toilet paper. But, I mean, they had ramen noodles and they had soup and they had meat in the, in the cooler. You know, they had all the stuff. But then I got down to Phoenix and went into one of theirs uh, near uh, Scottsdale into one of the, like a Fry's grocery store, which is like a Kroger or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was people were more aggressive. There was way less stuff. Uh, yeah. There was nothing on the shelves. I mean, I picked up I picked up asparagus, uh, two pre-prepared pizzas, like, you know, throw them in the oven pizzas. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be there when they set out two rotisserie chickens. And so it was like, done. I got it. It's kind of crazy. My parents live in Tampa, which is a big city mm-hmm. in the middle of big city. And um, I just went to Walmart before the call to get some groceries and whatnot. And the the only thing that's kind of weird is they are only allowing so many people in at a time. They, they have like a cap of how many people can be in the store. But beyond that, there is plenty of everything. There wasn't. And we kind of live on the rural side of Gainesville. We're kind of out uh, in the middle of nowhere, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, I think honestly, I think rural folks are, are a little more inclined to be prepared for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not the it's not a hard and fast rule, but in general, people seem to be more self sufficient. Like where I live, I mean, we'll get two feet of snow and we don't have a snow day. You know, everybody's got vehicles that handle the snow because guess what? You live where it snows. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so. You tend to be more self-reliant. You buy more things. Like if you live in the city, when I lived when I lived in New York City, I mean, come on. That's why bodegas are so popular in New York City. You buy something when you need it. Oh, I need a sandwich. It's almost like a daily shopping trip. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's cool. Like I don't mind that. You know, it's kind of a fun thing to do. You're like, oh, today I think I'm going to get this, and you don't have to buy huge portions and everything else, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not so good for this time. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse depending on uh, the situation that's going on. Being like so, being in a city right now where everyone's so tightly packed in, I think someone just said like two hundred NYPD, uh, obviously police officers tested positive for the virus. I don't, I don't understand the in the love for the New York City lifestyle. Like it just it doesn't click in my brain. Like why would I want to live on top of and next to people? It just mm-hmm. That I want, like my dream is five to ten acres out where my neighbors are like way down the street. <laughs> like that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Having grown up like that and lived in New York City and grown up there, I every time I go back to New York City, I can't wait to get out of there. Yeah, I guess it's, just, so some people that love that. Some people love that though. Like we were talking about before, there's just some people that they just love that life, even though it's so much more expensive. It's so much more expensive for you to live. 
to you can't really have a car when i lived there i had a car but you know it's very expensive to have a car there it's you know some people love that though they like having a little tiny ass i remember when i first started going there uh, when i was a kid my family was in uh, horse racing and there's a lot of big tracks there and stuff Uh, aqueduct and we're going once I, yeah, yeah, and then uh, like Netherlands and mm-hmm. Roosevelt Raceway mm-hmm. and like all the places that are close by. And uh, we would go and we'd go into the city and we'd go to plays and we'd do fun stuff and we'd go out to eat and Russian tea room and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, but it was like a novelty, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd have a hard time being there on a regular basis. I got a cousin that she works in one of the restaurants there and uh, she uh, she loves the culture. She loves being there. She loves the the high speed of the, you know, the restaurants and the restaurant businesses and things like that. I mean, she's, they're shut down right now, but I mean, lifestyle wise, it's just a different animal, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's, it's, it's not for me. It's like me going to San Diego. I'm good for about three or four days and then I got to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been to San Francisco a couple of times for work and I'm just like, there's a homeless dude with his hand in his pants staring at me on the subway. I'm ready to fucking get out of here. Like, this sucks. <laughs> that's because you're cute. Well, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, people people are starting to figure out that, um, you know, it's like the the kind of the glib saying that, that we've had as gun owners for a long time is that, you know, when seconds count, police are only minutes away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. you got to you got to take some responsibility for your own well-being for, you know, you and your family. And and I'm not saying you got to be like Rambo and go out and do that. But I mean, do you want to show up somewhere and not be prepared? Mm-hmm. You know, if something exactly. happens, I mean, and it and I mean, the Supreme Court has ruled that police are not obligated to protect individual citizens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. People don't mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, call the police. Well, yeah, even all my cop buddies, you know, I support them 100 percent. And. You know, they, uh, you know, they even say the same thing. I mean, look at all the chiefs of police that have come out and said, you know, get a gun and, and uh, you know, learn how to use it because we can't get there. Yeah. The um, the uh, by the way, Bruce Ludman says he lives uh, near Buffalo, Niagara Falls. There you go. Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. <laughs> um, you know what the funny thing is, I think, you know, nowadays people don't really look at the news. So it's weird. People do not look at the news, therefore they don't know stuff like cops are not obligated <laughs> to save you. Really? I mean, that was, I mean, that was when? Two, like 2005 that they ruled there. I mean, that was the Supreme Court. Yeah, but people do not look at the news. I'm telling you, I'm talking uh-huh. to people it, it, right now here in Gainesville where we have all this stuff going on. There's people who I'm talking to and I'm telling them stuff. And they're like, really? What are you talking about? I'm like, do you even watch any of these press conferences? Do you it's go read not- a blog? Uh, is that a I don't see I feel like that's not a bad thing as well though it's like I there are people that watch the news too much one of my coworkers okay. was was about to have like an anxiety mm. attack the other day and I was like bro calm down like the world's not ending the news wants you to think that the world's ending the world's not ending no it is you're gonna wake up tomorrow and it's yes. gonna be just the same it's yeah. <laughs> some of us might not so be many, here <laughs> we've survived so many extinction events it's not ending tomorrow don't worry about it but i was like stop watching the news you just you need to cut the news out <laughs> for a couple well, that's of days like, just, like during the political times you know it's hard to look at facebook for me oh god i'm over it yeah <laughs> people saying dumb shit constantly yeah yeah, yeah. I think there has to be... Or or everybody's butt hurt, everybody's emotional. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
I think so. that I think there has to be um, a, a balance, right? So yes, don't freak yourself out and be all up on MSNBC or whatever the craziness and just driving yourself nuts for sure. But especially when things are going on, how about you know having a weather air out there and just like, oh, let me see what's going on at least in my where I live. I, I hate to be that guy, but the other thing for me is like market right now it's down for. Mm-hmm. For me, that means it's the time to buy. Like, mm-hmm. I just spent 50 bucks on... I've never got to buy before. I spent 50 bucks, and I'm out a little bit. I'm like... Yeah. Your audio your audio's going in and out. You might have to unplug it and plug it back in. Oh, wow. Yeah. The uh, the market the market was down, but it bounced back a lot already. I made some money already. Yeah. And I've never bought into the market before. Yeah. <laughs> Everything should be balanced. So I think people should – when there's something going on, please be aware of the news. Please know what's happening, <laughs> you know, at, at least. Yeah, this is yeah I don't know. Uh, Facebook is not necessarily a credible news source all the time. No. But you don't have to go to <laughs> Facebook. There's lots of places that you can get the direct news of what's going on in your area that you live in. You know, and yep. you can figure out, oh, this is what's happening here. This is what the policies are, where I live and all that kind of stuff. So at least know that. You don't have to be, you know, I get it. No, no one wants to be super stressed out with the news. But at the same time, you don't want to be that guy who's walking around and like, why is everyone buying all the toilet paper? Oh, you didn't hear about the coronavirus? No, what the hell is that? You don't want to be that guy. Well, maybe, maybe, that, maybe they say ignorance is bliss, so I don't know. Was, wasn't there some... Some Hollywood dude that was like on some TV show or something and sequestered for two weeks and then came back to all this. Like when he left, he it was uh, oh really? You know things were normal and when he came back, like everything was shut it's down. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God, what's going on <laughs> with the world? <laughs> yeah, we're living in a different world. Yeah. Uh, back to the Walking Dead. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know listen, just be aware of it. I think that the news is gonna sensationalize things and make everything crazy, but um, you know. People should just be aware of it. Can you tell us while we have you here what's going on with um, what's going on with Sky? Like how how is this stuff affecting you all, Scott? Well, what, you know, it's it, it definitely affects us. Um, you know, our our guns sell very well. Like we said, there's a you know there's a tool for every job. You know, and so um, you know in the low price like entry level uh, firearms market, you know, there's a few different options out there and uh we're just above probably the lowest option at the moment but um you know we're everything's very well made they sell very well people like uh, the options that we do have even with that double action trigger you know i mean there's over a million cpx pistols out there i mean there's a ton of guns out there right so i know it's the trigger you know people might uh, it might not be for everybody every you know all the time but I tell you what, there's enough people out there that think it's uh, worth having that, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've sold over a million of them. Um, and we just keep making them. I mean, our, we have, uh, you know, there's a certain back order. You know, everybody is on kind of a lean manufacturing situation. So there's never really a bunch of inventory uh, just because it doesn't make sense uh, financially and things like that. But, uh, you know, we've had a bit of a back order. And at one point we were about uh, two months back ordered. Uh, or we were maybe three months back ordered and we whittled it down to two months. We were working on it. We send, we put out a ton of guns every day and, uh, you know, a bunch every month. Um, and in the last two weeks, uh, our back order has increased by about 40%. Mm. 
So obviously guns are selling everywhere. Um, so, you know, people are ordering the guns and uh, ordering sky pistols. And, uh, so, you know, we're, we're making guns as fast as we can. It's a, it's a big challenge, uh, in house to make sure we got all the parts and pieces. Uh, everything's American made. We don't have any imported or any, uh, metal injection molded parts or anything like that. So obviously there's always a challenge to, keep the parts and pieces coming in in a timely fashion to where we can assemble. You know, we have a great team that assembles the guns and they're good at it. And man, they can put out a ton of guns every day uh, and we can get them shipped and, and that type of thing, you know, to distributors and dealers and things. And so, um, you know, everybody's just really busting their hump to, uh, to make it happen. And uh, it's, it, it's going well, we're putting out a lot of stuff. You know, I think today we put out, you know, 700 and, you know, we've kind of been averaging that lately, you know, type of thing. Okay. So. Um, you guys don't, you, know, you, you guys don't sell direct, right? Your distribution only model? Or? Uh, we do distribution. We actually work uh, through uh, buy groups as well. So if, if there's a dealer who is a member of a buy group, um, you know, they can, uh, they can purchase the guns at the shows and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So. Uh, but we don't generally, you know, we don't sell to every dealer. It's it's just the members of the buy group. So okay, okay, um, and then and through distribution, all the major distributors uh, carry our stuff, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know they have for quite a while. Okay, and then you're one, you just have one manufacturing facility in Florida. We have the one in Florida, okay. and we have a facility that has some machines in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. Okay, uh, so yeah, everywhere is uh, open and up and running up and rolling and we're we're uh we're working on how to be more efficient or how to improve our efficiency um you know like you you remember a few years back when uh i think it was 2013 or so when ammo went crazy and all the Mm -hmm. 22 disappeared and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and everybody was saying you know um you know you need to you tell they were telling the ammo manufacturers you know you need to build a new facility you need to make more stuff and it was like yeah no because then what happens once catch up you know mm-hmm. and it's like it happened you know it, it, it caught up eventually and then it came back to you know it wasn't the same price it was in the past but it you know i think the other day i saw where you could order you know some 22 and it was you know almost uh, five cents around i mean that's only that's up from three cents around you know prior to but the point being you don't build a whole new facility and a whole and put all that capital into it and then and then what happens in the market dies off and you're, uh, you know, you have all this capacity and there's no market for it. You yeah. know? So yep. we're working on little efficiencies and how to make parts better and, and more efficiently and, and uh, you know, run times on, you know, doing cutting slides and, and receiver blocks and, you know, all that type of thing as well. So, yeah, that's how a lot of companies went out of business, right? In the last couple of years. The, uh, well, look at all the AR companies that popped up, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Filling a niche in the uh, in the the panic market during the Obama times, and then yeah, it it yeah. all dried up. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then all exactly. a, go ahead. I was just gonna say the the AR market is just a race to the bottom. It's the cheapest price possible, which is now being won by PSA. So it's like, mm, do you really want to get in on that market? Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. So it yeah. seems as though the other it seems as though the middle to higher higher end kind of the boutique brands and things are still selling you know some stuff and coming out with some quality product and things like that but uh mm-hmm. you know i think uh uh it, well for example i was down at that match and i was shooting a you know some of the guns like pof makes and things like that that aren't the they're not the low end and they're not the highest end they're but they're solid you know intermediate to high and the quality is huge as long as you have companies like that 
I think they're going to continue to sell some stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many companies that – so from that 2013 Firearm Again, there were people who had just started up, probably did a little bit well, then went out and got big massive loans, built up factories and got got machinery and everything. And then they had the, yeah. Hillary, the Hillary Clinton plan thinking that these last three years here they would just be building all the ARs in the world and selling yeah, them. And yeah. that didn't really work out. And there is right now what's happening right now that the market all of a sudden just really kicked up again and everyone's buying guns in America. But these kind of things are anomalies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can't count on it. It's it's kind of like you hit these big rushes and then, you know, where everybody wants guns and sales are huge and stock prices go through the roof, you know, and Smith is up and Ruger is up and everything else. And people can't make enough guns or find enough parts or find enough lower parts kits or anything like that. And then, you, you know, you get these guys that come in from other businesses who are just financial business guys and they come in and they're not aware that over the years, there's always, there's always cycles, you know, I mean, I've only been in the industry since 2004, but there was one in 2008. There was one in 2012 coming into the election. There was one in 2013. There was one, you know, so it always goes up and down. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are around and have seen these patterns in the past realize that it doesn't, it's not sustainable. And yet these guys, these number crunchers and these business guys, um, you know, think it is, and it's just not, you know, we, I think we had just sort of found our new normal and then this happens again Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's expected. But, uh, you know, there's going to be people that are see that will jump on the bandwagon and try to exploit the, you know, the purchasing, oh, yeah. the, you know, the way it's going right now. And I mean, it's to be expected. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're going to think it's the normal, the normal thing. And it's just not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, really, you, you got to trust me on this. I don't want this. But I think what's going to happen is that this crisis is going to go away in whatever time period it's going to go away. And then this kind of thing, this particular thing will become normal, right? Um, Because we'll be dealing with it for a while. But when this goes away, in a very short time space, everyone's going to go right back. And a lot of these people buying these guns now all of a sudden will become anti-gun again. And, you know, it's going to be all this nonsense going on. And people are going to forget that when they were were worried about what was going to happen in the world, and they realized that they would have to defend themselves... And even the anti-gun, super liberal politicians were telling them, yeah, you're going to be on your own, you know, but they're going to forget all that and go right back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the sheep. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it's true. And you're going to have guys, like, if it continues the way it is, you know, people are going to start cranking up the pricing on the ARs just because the scarcity is going to go up. Or not just mm-hmm. ARs, but anything, right? It's Ammo. Demand. Mm-hmm. It's typical, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you remember after the last time. There was all the guys that were trying to sell their, uh, you know, sell their twenty five hundred dollar DPMS Oracle. Ooh. That is it worth that much <laughs> for twenty five hundred dollars? You know, and so yeah, you know, it is what it is. Like you said, supply and demand, and and you know, in a in a crisis situation, uh, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pay more. You know, if you, and I tell my friends, you know, I still have friends that. Back then, I have friends that were like, "Hey, man, you got an AR? You want to sell?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> Nope. You got any ammo? Nope. I said, where have you been for the last like three years? I told you, you know, prices have been as low as they've ever been and you haven't done anything about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think because of what Patrick said earlier, um, we're we're not really going to see $3,000 ARs 
unless it's like some of those super high-end niche companies, right, that are making very specialized things for competitive shooters and whatever and, out there. But they're expensive. They're more expensive anyway, and that's okay. Yeah. That's to be yeah. expected. But we've got we're, – we're seeing we're seeing like you can get a really nice AR for $1,000 or less now. Um, I mean, I ju- we were just looking at the grunt – you know, from uh, from uh, Leadstar, which belongs to PSA, that's a really yep. nice gun, seven hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and it's a competition yeah. level rifle, so. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there that are uh, that are you know very reasonable with really great features at this point. You know, I think you had to be to be competitive. I remember I worked for one of the bigger AR, well, it wasn't an AR company, but bigger firearms company that, uh, you know, shall remain nameless on this one. But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they made some models that were very practical models. You could use them for a lot of things, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like an 18 inch rifle gas, uh, collapsible stock, uh, flat top, you know, with the brake or whatever, you know, and, and they were very usable, but man, they were like double the price of everyone else's. Mm. And it's like, no wonder, you know, unless somebody just wants the name, People don't realize that a lot of that stuff comes from the same place everybody else's stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. But unless you just want the name, uh, you'll pay the money for it. You know, you, you, there's there's other companies that have sold the same thing for about half the price and are selling the crud out of them. Yeah, I think a long time ago you could probably get away with the name thing, and and in some quarters right now there are people who are very name sensitive. Like I know there is that gun guy who everything he owns is FN. There is that gun guy. I've seen him. What? Yeah, there's that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> there is that guy. There is that guy. I don't know if you're that guy, Scott, or not. But no, I'm. No, I'm definitely not that guy. Let me. I've just been say to that. the I, range with that guy. I have other guys. Yeah. I'm not that guy. I've been to the range with that guy. There's a guy that I know here in Gainesville, and I'm not knocking it at all. He's all FN. Bag is FN. Yeah. Rifles are FN, handguns are FN, <laughs> ammo is FN. <laughs> if FN doesn't make it, it does not exist. So there's people oh, like that, cool. you know. Um, yeah, I get it. I understand that, you know. It's like some people only like Nike shoes or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Or they got to have Air Jordans or whatever. But, um, yeah. you know, that that's just exists. But, but I think most of us realize now, like, hey, this AR thing. You can get all these features or treatments and things like that, and it doesn't have to be ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. Um, and then, well, what- I remember <clears throat> when I bought my first AR. It was a Colt Sporter lightweight. And it was in 1992. I was, you know, that was my first rifle. I was, I'd actually gone to the. It was B and B Guns in Huntington Beach, California, and it was the week after the LA riots. Like I, I planned on going the week of the riots just that's the weekend I'd planned. I was up in Santa Barbara and I was going to come down and I was going to buy this. Uh, I had actually a mini 14 that I wanted to buy. And I got in there and I looked at the mini 14, which I do have one anyway. I, you know, I still like that. It's, you know, for what it is, mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, but, uh, I picked up that there was a Colt Sporter lightweight sitting there. And this was the era where they pulled the bayonet lug, but they hadn't pulled the flash hider yet. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a fixed A2 stock, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that, you know. So I bought that instead. Mm-hmm. But um, then there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, there was like Olympic, and there was Colt. I'm not sure who else there was. That uh, was available. Bushmaster. Yeah. yeah, what was the guys back then? Baby maybe in '92, maybe I don't I don't remember if they were around in '92. Bushmaster. But, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I know but, Colt uh, is the big one. Like, you know, back in the days, yeah, big. you were ghetto if you had any other AR than a Colt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, it's cool and all. And I actually, mm-hmm. you know, I actually shot for them for a few years, a few years ago. And, and uh, you know, they had uh, they were making some cool stuff. And, and, you know, but they it is what it is. They've kind of, uh, you know, they have the things they're focusing on as a business and everything else. Mm-hmm. But but now there's so many quality options. I mean, I think the first non cold AR-15 I had was actually a, uh, a DPMS back when my buddy Randy owned it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it was a small company that was killing it yeah. at that point. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, you know, some a bigger one wanted to buy them and yeah. they were doing great. But uh, anyway. How can you be a company? So like Colt in Connecticut, but people can't buy an AR in Connecticut. Oh, that's, yeah, that's always crazy to me. Yeah. Where are we going with that thing? <laughs> How's that oh, happening? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on there in, mm-hmm. in that uh, you know in that area yeah. type of thing. But yeah, well, it's like kind of like Smith. You know, you go to Smith in Springfield, Mass, mm-hmm. and uh, if you buy an M and P in Springfield, Massachusetts, you know where Smith and Wesson is, you have to have like a ten pound trigger in it. That's the, the crazy. It's it's you know yeah, it just makes no sense, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a terrible thing. By the way, shout out to Clovertack. I see him out there. Please smash the thumbs ups. If I didn't say this before, the show's brought to us by Harry's Holsters, makers of fine Kydex holsters that I use, Babyface uses. You know, um, I know they're working on uh, with Sky to have some holsters yeah. available when Sky uh, for, for the new stuff that's coming out from Sky as well. So um, here's the thing. I want to go back to the uh, to the to the Mini 14 that you were talking about, right? Because I know Babyface. Sure. I've never had a Mini 14. Babyface, you're up in this I'm, now, right? You're in the game. I had a Mini 14. I had a Mini 14. I sold it and regret selling it, but I needed the money at the time. Uh, my wife went to nursing school, and we need a little bit of money, so mm-hmm. do what you got to do. Um, but I'm actually picking up an, an older Mini 30 this weekend that I'm really excited about. I love the Minis. I think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people complain, you know, they're, they talk about pie plate accuracy and stuff like that, but like, you know, Nate is not a total tack driver either. And yet I still like those too. I've never been a like marksman shooter. I'm always been a like uh, minute, a minute, a man is like perfect for me. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can shoot that, I'm confident in my shooting ability. I don't need to have like, you know, sub MLA from every gun I own. Well, they're a, I mean, they're a solid they're a solid gun. I mean, uh, I think anybody that's been around for a while has looked at them or or had one or anything. It, it, but I tell you, uh, I got mine. I think it was about 1993 or 94. I was in college and uh, one of the local shops had one for uh, 300 bucks. And it's just a standard. It's not a ranch model. It's just a standard mini 14 with a wood stock. And I bought it for two ninety nine. And uh you know that's hard to beat. I still have it to this day. You know, it's and uh, I got like four four range. mags with it, and I, I would throw it in a backpack any day. You know, if I had to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's something about that grand action that I just love. It's just so yeah. fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, is that's there, funny. Yeah, are I they scarce it, nowadays, kind of, or are they? Uh, uh, okay. They've gotten a little expensive. Oh, okay. Well, but they, you know, Ruger also uh, retooled, and they're actually, I think, kind of a little tighter and things like that than they were in the past. Uh, but there's a lot of options still with uh, with those rifles, so mm-hmm. they're viable. They're they're a cool thing, you know. It, the coolest thing I think I've seen with it lately is um, you know Samson Manufacturing up in Keene, New Hampshire, came up with uh, 
the folding stock, you, you know, know the, old, the old Ruger factory folding stock, like uh, on the A-team. It's funny you bring that up. I got my phone call today that mine is shipping out on Friday. Oh, I did the pre-order. <laughs> I did the pre-order back the, like the day they announced it at SHOT Show, and it's just now shipping yep. out. Oh, man. See, yep, I mean, no, here's I the deal. Done. Like, I've, I've stayed at the Samson's house. They're wonderful people. They're great people. Um, they're guys uh, that work there. Awesome guys. Did you notice that you flex know? right there? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, they, hey, they, I got a, I got a flex. I got a, a folding stock. In the way. That's a pretty damn good flex. Okay? Yeah, yeah, Scott. That, you got Scott there. Like, I got nothing coming. They, I yeah. don't have one. I, I'd love one. Mm-hmm. I'd love one. I mean, I guess that was my point is – how do you rate? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Babyface is just uh, – what is it, Patrick? Timing? <laughs> just good timing. What do you mean? No, in terms of yeah, like, no, with, with the stock situation, to, yeah. Just happened to – yeah. I'll come down. Um, I just happened to get the – I've been waiting since the middle of January, whenever mm-hmm. Shoutshare was. Yeah. Um, and then the guy called me today and I thought it was – so I work for a Google company got an out-of-state phone call and i was like oh it's probably a google rep i don't want to talk to them i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing <laughs> and then like, I, I checked the voicemail it's like hey this is so-and-so from samson uh we need to get a hold of you because your thing is ready to ship and i was like oh god i gotta call you back right now <laughs> <laughs> see now you're stuck now you gotta go find now you have to go find a uh, a mini 14 yep. Yep, exactly. yeah well, so wait you don't have it well yeah you don't have it what are you gonna put it on? i find mini 30 oh okay so you're gonna put it on there yeah, your audio, like to- your audio went out, Patrick. Sorry. I'd like to get another mini fourteen, but mini thirty. Yeah, no, your audio's still out. What happened to your? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with your uh, with your plug over there. Maybe in the Would computer, you- it's not. That's where it's. Uh, you got to plug it back in the computer. So, okay. So have you got have you got seven six two by thirty nine ammo? Oh, I got. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. 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 He's got lots of seven six two. He's not good. He's not going without that. Yeah. <laughs> he's an AK dude. What? 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 Uh, if you had to choose, Patrick, are you grabbing the AK or the AR? AK, but not the seven six two AK. The crank. You getting the crank? Four or five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're not leaving that behind, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Do you, see, do you have, is that a 545? What is it? Yeah, it's a 545 crank off. I built it from a Russian parts kit. Oh, cool. It's a eight and a half inch SBR. It's the best gun I've ever, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had some buddies out here, uh, MOD Outfitters, uh, a couple years ago, rebuilt my Polish Tantal uh, uh, and put a triangle folder on it yes. and uh, did it, you know, and did the 545. It's. Uh, Speaking my language, I love the, the fold. <laughs> Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you pretty amazing. You had him in Polish Tantal. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they got rid of that little skinny wire stock and put the tri- triangle folder on it. And uh, man, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, he he has that crank just for the apocalypse. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way Patrick is leaving. <laughs> you know, when yeah. all hell is breaking loose, he's getting that. He's getting that crank. He's probably gonna get. So, hey, he's probably which, gonna which get his dog, the crank, and then the wife, huh? Ah, ah. So let's say it happens. What are you grabbing? What am I grabbing? I have an integrally suppressed 300 blackout. That's pretty much my nice. baby. Um, I have so I have one that that I bought from Daniel Defense that I dropped a lot of money on that I should have probably never done. 
but I have it. Yeah. And then the other one that I have, um, basically, it's, uh, you know, we built that one up. But so Liberty Suppressors makes, um, they make a integrally suppressed upper that's yeah. made out of titanium. It's called the Leonidas. So you can buy the yeah. upper from them or there's a B option that they have where you can send your upper to them and then they build a lightweight upper for you. So I built this gun from the Kaiser US uh, polymer upper and lower. I don't know if you've shot any uh, polymer uppers and lowers, but Kaiser US has a pretty good one. So I built it out yeah. of that and I sent the upper to Liberty and they put that all together, sent it back to me. We completed the gun. It's pretty lightweight, 300 blackout, you know. I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty nice and uh, that's probably my favorite one right there. So, the Kaiser are they are they the ones that had kind of the, it kind of has kind of a waffly pattern on it on the yeah. receiver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And it's I reinforced and all that. It's like a thicker yeah. it's a thicker polymer. I know there's a, there's a couple different um the Kaiser US thing tends to be more expensive, but I I think it's uh, a better grade cuz than than some of the um other polymer upper lower stuff that's out there i i think they were partnered up with robar for a while so you know it has to be quality i mean those guys you know robar always put out some really good stuff yeah they were i know there's lots of different uh, you know there's all kinds of things that happened lawsuits got flying things went around you know in the in the, in the whole industry over that whole upper lower thing but i think a lot of that's been uh, sorted out yeah sorted out yeah. Uh, huh. i guess there were patents on on the polymer and then you know, doing the inserts and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people, I don't know how many people have actually, like, moved over to polymer upper lowers. Probably not. Everyone's just, you know, most people yeah. probably feel no, like they there's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of a niche thing. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, it's hard to turn down, you know, when you got Palmetto selling a lower receiver for 50 bucks, you know, it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. pass those up, you know. And, and, I mean, as long as they're in spec, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be as good as most others anyway i think unless you go to billet also yeah another hot thing which i don't know where that's going was magnesium remember magnesium upper low yeah i remember those Uh, my one my one friend was shooting a lot of those he had a 12 inch like heavy barrel with magnesium you know upper lower and it was it was pretty crazy it worked really well yeah how come that didn't catch on i don't know i think the company something happened with the company didn't it um, there was only one company making them, right? Yeah, just that mag no, company. I no, think it was like those mag guys went out of business. I know Fostech actually bought that. I think, but there, you just answered your own question. Yeah, but I don't. I go. don't remember Fostech like fully putting it out. I know Walter has because one because you just answered your own question. Yeah, you got a bespoke shotgun company that doesn't <laughs> make ARs, making yeah. not making ARs. Yeah, yeah. We we'll see whether or not we you know whether that ever becomes a thing in the future. The magnesium. What was it? Mag Tactical, right? Mag. I think it was yeah. Mag. Yeah, I think it was yep. Mag Tactical. I think Fostech t- uh, took that over, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I remember at the time when I first saw those, it was, it was Daniel Horner was shooting it in that Three Gun Pro Series mm-hmm. when he was with the AMU, and uh, yeah, he shot this thing, and it was like a 12 inch gun, but it was like a one inch barrel. It was a huge, thick, stiff barrel, mm-hmm. and all this really lightweight stuff. And man, he could. Uh, as expected, he could run that thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if where everyone is still. Well, so in the you're still in, doing competition, right? Competition shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, when I yeah, to, I, I was just at one uh, weekend before last. Let's see, no, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
sometimes it doesn't work out the way you expect. And I, I actually ended up coming home a little early, mm. uh, launched a, a shotgun shell uh, when I wasn't uh, intending to into the berm and they, uh, they don't look at that kindly but uh, it was <laughs> oh, they kicked you out <laughs> yeah, yeah I was a superstition mountain three gun match down in Phoenix mm-hmm. and uh, Rio Salado there in uh, Mesa Arizona mm-hmm. and uh, I've been shooting that match for as long as I can you know remember being around the industry or shooting and uh, it was really great it was it was, uh, you know, it was funny. Everybody was being real careful, you know, social distancing and not, you know, giving the big bro hugs and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was fine, but, uh, you know, I was having a ton of fun and it's sometimes this stuff just happens. And, um, you know, I may not be as tuned up as I was a few years ago, you know, with work and everything else going on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I ended up clearing a, clearing a malfunction on a cheap, uh, shotgun shell in my, uh, in my shotgun and launched one into the berm and, when I, when I hadn't intended to, and the guy knew that, and so he stopped me, and I got to come home early. But mm-hmm. No, it wasn't anybody's fault but my own, but uh, I was kind of bummed out because I was having a ton of fun. My rifle was super tuned up. I was shooting one of those POF Revolution DI guns. Uh-huh. And, nice. uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I get fired up. I love, I love doing that. Yeah. <laughs> POF is still, those are, um, I don't know what's the highest end AR out there, but POF is up there. Um, they make good well, quality I, stuff, though. I, I tell you what, um, after seeing their processes and and what they do and everything they put into those guns, mm-hmm. I mean every every part they manufacture themselves has a time date, you know, has a date like etched into it, you know, uh, machined into it, and then they they log every process in the assembly. Like uh, Frank came up with a a program that I mean they they log all along the way, so. The gun that you have, the serial number that you have, he has a record of when the receiver was done, when the, you know, which parts and pieces were put on it, um, which person in the factory put it together, when it became an actual, um, you know, when it, when they logged it in, it became a gun, so to speak. And then when it was put together, when the, you know, when the upper was put on it and then when it was test fired and who test fired it and, and, uh, you know, so it's very traceable as far as if there's a problem customer service wise, man, he knows exactly what it went through and where it went and, and how it happened. And, uh, tell you, they test fire with, uh, just Wolf, Wolf 308 ammo on this one. Hmm. And, uh, man, they run the snot out of it. They, they put like 10 rounds through it. And then, um, and I mean, I've put a boatload of rounds through this thing and, and it just, it just keeps running. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh Frank DeSoma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't say that. You did. That yeah. was you. Yep, yep, yep. POF. I, I know. P, I know the the, uh, the POF crew. Um, actually, I yeah, was at great. I was at oh. SEMA show in Vegas one time, and and Frank saw me in the show, and he was oh, cool. talking to me. But I never I never see him at shot show, but he saw me at the thing, He's, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. he's strange." He was talking to me. So um, I tell you what, I don't. They don't. They don't make him any better than Frank. He's a great guy. He's very opinionated, and he'll speak his mind. <laughs> Once you realize that, no, you know, gun guy. <laughs> yeah, I love Frank. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. He's really super good to me, but he's a great friend to have. It's yeah. Frank's one of those guys is like, when you're a Frank's friend, you know, you got a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've got a, yeah. uh, that's a good road trip. I think to do, to check out POF, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've been to Arizona. They're in Arizona, right? Yeah. They're in uh, like kind of North Phoenix area. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there, but I've never really had the opportunity to check out the factory and stuff like that and see what they do. I know those are those are really high end guns. 
Um, yeah, they, they did a new factory about two years ago. They put a new building up and uh, it's really, it's great. It's super efficient and uh, it's super clean looking. I mean, you wouldn't think it was a machine shop, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, they do a great job and uh, you know, it's a family run business and mm-hmm. they've, they put a lot into it, that's for sure. Yeah, CloverTax says, I had Frank on my podcast. Yep, agreed, Frank is one great dude. There you go. Yep. Awesome, awesome. We got to see if we can get him on the podcast, actually. That'll oh, you should. I bet he'd be on there for you in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, we got to try to um, to get him on the show. Those are good. I remember the video that Iraq veteran did burning down one of their rifles, or trying to burn it down. I think it, I think it broke, it broke Eric. <laughs> he finally like, he, was, he gave up on trying to yeah. on, on trying to burn that thing down so that's a pretty good is that one of their piston guns that they did i think i think so it, it was a piston upper and it just wouldn't die yeah i think yeah. that's yeah, yeah yeah that was the one I where eric barrel, was like forget the, this the barrel started drooping and it was still going and the piston <laughs> was still working and, yeah God, i got no more ammo yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that could happen that could have but I tell you, this thing—I mean, it was—it was awesome. I there was a stage where we started. Uh, you shot some shotgun, and then you went up on a platform, and there was three torsos at 500 yards, you know, like 491 maybe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the week prior, I had been down to uh, uh, Buck Doyle's class down here in Utah to follow through consulting. He had some long-range stuff, so I shot the Revolution at some of those targets, and then I went to a buddy's ranch out here by me and shot some more stuff so super tuned in and and even after hosing a bunch of paper targets man the hold my hold at 500 was dead on where it needed to be and uh i think i shot one extra shot on the clock you know uh, at the 500 yard target so it went one once i once i shot the first round then i went one for one of them mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just made you smile it was like driving the demon it was just a happy moment mm-hmm. so here i'm gonna um here let me share this uh I'm going to share this with you guys here. The uh, There's some AK news that I found on here. Uh-oh. Since we got you AK guys, let me pull up the... Uh, let me put it here in the chat, share it with you, and then I'll share it with the folks out there. Um, let's see. Put that there. Boom. Okay. Oh, yeah, AK-12. I wish I could get one. Yeah, what's the deal? What do you guys say about this? Um TFB says Russian Special Forces gets their first batch of AK-12s. Obviously, uh, I can't have one. If the if the <laughs> SF are just getting them, like it's another 30 years out before I get to see one. Even in the form of a parts kit, it's never going to yeah. happen. So is that the one that the barrel kind of moves, or what is that one? No, the 12, I think, is their like, super upgraded. Or, or is the 12? No, I think the 12 it's is just really five. modernized. Yeah. yeah, well, the, that's what the Russians use. Um, it's just the super modernized yeah. Yeah. Uh, AK with, it like, rails. Sexy. Oh, I, the, this is sexy right here. I think that's the one. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that looks good. So how long before we start getting a version of this in America, do you do you think? Long time. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean we're, are we still important? Are we still no. important? No. Enough, or are we not? I don't think we're we haven't imported Russian stuff since God what halfway into Obama's term. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we're not getting any of the good stuff. That's why five four five is so damn expensive. Well, that and the ATF decided seven and six was armor piercing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why five four five is damn pricey. Yeah, you're not gonna like it if I tell you where I get mine. Got a wholesale hookup or something? 
right team off the Hornet, boat, baby. Te- oh. Team Hornady. Oh, so you wait, wait, the wait, good wait, wait. Stuff, yeah. So okay, yeah. Hornady has five four five. Makes the good stuff. Oh, 60, really? Six, what is it like? Sixty grain Amax. Amax, yeah. Match. Oh, yeah. oh good. Really good ammo. I, I shot that, what, that at that. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, Red October that was here in, uh, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. in yep. Utah a couple years ago when I went and shot. Yeah, I shot that stuff. It was. Uh. Awesome. Yeah. I I like shooting it. When I worked at a gun store a while back, I could get it wholesale, which was a lot cheaper, and it was it was good. It's really good ammo. But yeah. now I'm just like, oh god. What are so you expensive. What are you shooting now, babyface? <laughs> what do I have in the safe? I think I have Wolf. Oh, sitting well, in well there. I mean, and that's fine if you're shooting into berms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're shooting, you know, steel targets and things, then it, uh, you know, then it tears your steel up shooting that yeah. steel. But uh, that, I told you, man, that's the one my kid grabs. He grabs that uh, 545 of ours that, uh, you know, if I if I tell him, I, I hammer on him pretty good when he shoots pistol. Like, dude, stop yanking the trigger. I said, if you keep missing, you're going to start paying for that. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he doesn't like shooting pistol very much until I make him. But um, And then he does fine, right? But uh, yeah. if he just grabs one gun that he just wants to shoot, I say, okay, we'll grab whatever else you want to shoot, and you can shoot that, but you got to shoot some pistol too. And he's like, okay, fine. And he'll yeah, five- He'll, he'll grab that 545 and I, we set a 10 inch plate out at, at, at 100 just for offhand your rifle and stuff and he he just stands and dings that you know and he'll try different positions he'll brace up on the post and he'll lay down and he'll you know go off the table and he'll do all kinds of stuff and he he wears that steel target out with that nice. uh with that 545 mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's a cool round too i have a bullpup um AK-74. I think it's pretty awesome. You know, okay, it's a Sentry Arms, but, you know, it works. It works great. I don't shoot it that much because of the whole ammo situation. I think I'm down to, like, one of those big green cans. Remember the big green tin cans? Like 76. The, yeah. the spam can? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Lola almost divorced me one day because that can, like, fell on her foot or something like that. Yeah, uh, 1,080 <laughs> rounds. Yeah. Pretty heavy. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Was it Russian or Chinese writing on it? Uh, I think it's Russian on it. Yeah. I think I still have I still have half a case of yellow box Norinco. Mm. Oh, man. That's collectors. That's collectors. I saw. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I only wish I still had the uh, the crate it came in. Yeah. 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 Do you have a Norinco? I have a Mac ninety Norinco. Good stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it works good. It, it's, you know, I've seen, uh, I was at a place down in Vegas that uh, they, they do a lot of uh, foreign weapons classes mm-hmm. for, you know, for special forces and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, foreign weapons, armory classes and things like that. I've actually seen a modern, like brand new Norinco with Chinese markings and everything all over it just because mm-hmm. they were able to bring it in for that special foreign weapons class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is pretty slick. It was pretty cool, but mine, you know, other than that big ugly thumb hole stock and everything else, man, I really like my my Mac ninety. Yeah. yeah, those things they're pretty indestructible. That's yeah, one thing the Chinese I've, can get right. <laughs> I've killed plenty of bunnies with it. I I hit one running uh, running away at a hundred yards one time. Damn, uh, you know, hundred ish. And my buddies were like, "You didn't hit that." I said, "Yes, I did." And we went and found it, and it was dinner it was tonight. blown up, you know. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that same that same trip, I dropped it in the snow by accident, and it just kept running. It wasn't oh, a big deal. Oh God, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not gonna, it's not gonna hurt that thing. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Someone was asking about the um, Lead Star uh, giveaway that we did. You got to get in touch with Lola, mm-hmm. so that um, 
you know, so we can get those names out to the people. So just get in touch and uh, we'll we'll get that over to the next I, I hear good things about those rifles. I had some friends that were running them, you know, in three gun and stuff like that, and uh, I, I heard some good things about them. Mm-hmm. Um, about the the lead star. The lead stars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. They're lightweight. They make a lot of lightweight stuff. Um, I think I think it's a uh, good thing. Also, a good thing that PSA is all wrapped up in that now because prices. <laughs> the prices I'm, are pretty decent. You guys out get there. the you get their emails every day. Uh, PSA. Yeah, every day and two and three times a day sometimes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm kind of amazed with what they can do. Although, I mean, we've sold them some guns and stuff, and, man, they, you know, there's a reason they can sell stuff so inexpensively. You know, they buy a lot of volume, and they do a good job getting it out there, and they have a huge mailing list, so it's yeah. it's a big deal. But, but yeah, I love seeing that every day. I mean, I may not – I don't recall, you know, being in the market to buy any of it at this point, but – you know, it's always fun to look at and see what they got going on. Yeah. Well, what, so with certain things that they're putting out, you kind of have to be on the list if you're trying yeah. to get one because they kind of – I don't want to say they build on demand, but they've been on the show here. And the way that they talk about it, they can – they're actually tracking everything that's happening and they can yeah. see what's in high demand. And in the middle of the day, let's say, they can they can go, hey, we're selling a lot of these and they can actually switch their production around to that and, and yeah. get those things built and get them out there to folks at a, a really good price versus like right. what we were talking about. There's a lot of companies out there that say, oh, this thing is cool. And then by the time they start building it, people are off of that and onto something else already. Yeah. So um, I think that's the cool thing about them. Um, they've got lots of different places, facilities and stuff like that. I'm still working on a video of their uh, facilities here in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida that I went to. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think it's real. that's going to be kind of game changer, man. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of cool guns that they're putting out. So I'm trying to get, I, we had Let's, we had uh, Lead Star on, and I'm going to try to get some of the other guys from PSA on here uh, as we move forward. So uh, uh, Kermit Loves Bacon says, I emailed you. Does that count as getting in touch with Lola? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> no, Hank doesn't check his email. It doesn't do anything ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you guys want to hear a fun story? I'm going to tell this to the to the audience. So wait, is this about uh, me? I've volunteered to make. We talked to Lola. Hank's patch wall behind him is way too small. It's it's a goofy, tiny little little patch wall. He needs. Oh yeah. One. The one you so mean the one Walter. that Walter made for me? So I talked to Lola and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna. I need a patch wall too. Let's go ahead and we'll we'll get together and make one. Uh, we'll have to borrow the truck because I got a Mustang. I can't go pick up the materials." You know, four by eight sheet of plywood. I can't. I can't fit that in the Mustang. So the other day, Hank uh, borrows a truck, and I'm like, "Hey, can you, uh, can you do this?" And he's just like, "Do what? what? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I'm building you a patchwork. You need to come pick me up and go to Home Depot. I can't. I can't do all this for you without like some help." Yeah. Well, that's because. That's because I I, I I like the patch walls. They're pretty cool. I mean, all my stuff is like in the in the lion, like the headliner of my truck. Oh, <laughs> that's where I got yeah. a pile of them there from the over the years. But uh, I I think I'm liking the whole idea of a wall really to consolidate. I mean, what yeah. do you put on there? Is it just like felt or something, or what is yep. it? Yep. We went and got uh, five yards of felt, and that's enough for two four by eight sheets of plywood. Stamp wow. it up, do it, and hang it on the wall. Yeah. Oh, two yeah. four by eight sheets man if yeah, you're actually I, organizing them that's a that's a lot well, of patches i'm doing one for myself awesome. yeah it depends on how big you want to go let me see if i can roll in a picture of the one that walter has he's got a huge 
Yeah, I saw that picture. Huge... Hit. He was holding that lead. He was holding that lead star gun. You had you yeah. know, on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened to it here. Let's see. For some reason, it didn't go. Oh, my phone is my phone not plugged in? Okay, let's see if I can get the phone plugged in here. Be able to share. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't want to share my phone for some reason. I don't know what that's about. Walter, what a handsome devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm, if you guys go to Instagram, it's definitely up there on Instagram. Listen, what we were talking about Hot Wheels before, you know, yeah. just as a distraction from Babyface's story, which is not actually true. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's lots yeah. of embellishments <laughs> in that. Um, I did borrow. I had the truck one day. That day, Babyface couldn't do it. The next day, he was trying to get me to do it. And Lola, Lola likes the truck for some reason, so I didn't have the truck. That's what happened there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll get it worked out. <laughs> hey, really, so I had no is... idea what he was talking about. I was like, "What the hell is Patrick talking about right now?" <laughs> yeah. Looking, uh, looking at your Instagram, mm -hmm. tell me your thoughts on. Uh... Tell me your thoughts on that Ruger 5.7 pistol. You're looking at my Instagram? I yeah. like it. Hank is in between. Yeah, I'm in the middle. I I like it. Yeah. Um, it's got an aluminum slide instead of the polymer slide, like on the 5.7, like on the uh, yeah. fan. And I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I've only held them. I haven't. Uh, the, the shop Park City Gun Club up here uh, by me got one, like a very early one, mm -hmm. um, and it felt good holding it and stuff. Like yeah. uh, it wor it, I, I would probably – honestly, for the money and everything else, I mean I'd probably choose that over an FN. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So my, the, here's the thing for me. Like I had an FN pistol. Um, and then I sold it. Like I had that in the beginning of doing this. You have to, you know, have to sell guns. Even now, You've got to sell guns to get stuff. I like the look and everything of the FN pistol. And in our video that we did for that, we shot both of them, myself and uh, Flying Rich, uh, Richard Hughes. So the thing is, I think for sure the Ruger works, works well. It's just as yeah. light. Um, it's cheaper. All that kind of stuff. I kind of like how the FN uh, feels and looks better than the Ruger, but I think the Ruger is a step in the right direction. I would like to maybe see like a compact version or then make a carbine or something like that. The reason why I'm in the middle, because right now I wouldn't buy either one of those guns. Yeah. You know, there's nothing super compelling to me about either one of them just being like 5.7 on its own, you know? Um, I would like to see yeah. something else real super sexy. Either make me the Glock carbine that Glock never made in 5.7, or make me like a compact, like, you know, 5.7 pistol I could actually carry on me, like, you know. So I don't know whether or not that's... So I think Ruger is me, more than likely to do it. Mm -hmm. to tell me this, though. Tell me this. How did it shoot? Like, did it... How was the recoil impulse? Is it still super flat and soft? Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, I would it, say that. I, I think it shot exactly the same as the, uh, the FN version. Um, the yeah. grip... The, they narrowed the front of the grip a little bit towards the magazine, um, uh -huh. so it fits smaller hand. Like I got pretty small hands, so I thought that fit my hands better than the FN, um, yeah. just because it, it's a little more narrow. Um, and that's the probably that the reason. Downside. That's probably so. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I think the hand size is probably a big reason because I noticed this with me and Patrick. Uh, he's got small hands. I got big man hands. And I know so that the FN <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we I always just, have this I issue. Never, I can never get over a polymer slide. It, that has just always been the one oh, thing that bugs okay. me about the FN. It's just 
plastic and it feels like a toy yeah. where the well, Ruger, I you, I mean, I, uh, as I've felt this thing, I mean, it feels pretty good. And honestly, I think if I was going to do a five, seven, that's the one I'd get, you know, yeah, same. And somebody like somebody like Ruger, who's very, uh, they're kind of flexible as far as, you know, engineering and the resources that they have and at, at hand and the things that they're able to do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw, you know, other options in that cartridge from them yeah. that would be, you know, fun. That's the thing I think, because uh, FN's not going to do that. <laughs> no, no. I have noticed that FN's been dropping the price on their 5.7. They have? To competitive, yeah. I saw it for 9.50 the other day, what? which is still yeah, still, still too much. But, but, yeah, well, but yeah they, they've been, yeah. that thing's usually yeah. twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think wholesale is nine ninety nine or something. Yeah, so they're they're bringing it down, but mm. um, the Ruger still. I've seen the Ruger go for as low yeah. as six fifty. I think. Yeah, and some people like the Ruger. I see people commenting here. I think I think FN probably is the company. Um, I think there's other companies that are going to make five sevens. I think PSA said they were getting into the five seven game here at some point. Uh, who else came out with one, Patrick? Does someone else? Uh, there was a company that came out with a five seven carbine, and I can't remember the name of it. It was based on the AR platform. Was it CMMG? Yeah, AR AR five seven. Yeah, who? It was called an AR five seven. Remember that? There it was, a there was that one, oh. but then there was another company that Shot Show this year made a yeah. like was that made C one? I think that was CMMG. Someone here will tell us. Yeah, and it, it doesn't use the top loading mags like mm -hmm. the P ninety. The AR five seven uses P ninety mags. I mm -hmm. think yeah. this one uses yeah. like regular AR mags. Mm -hmm. It was it was a little different. Yeah. I think if we push this here, the 57 is great to do like a carbine or something, right? Because it's a fast moving punches through stuff kind sure. of round. Mm -hmm. Um this well, there's little and there's the little and there's no, you know, no recoil and there's no, you know, it's it's real flat, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean like for example, when I was teaching or working up at the Park City Gun Club, they um you know, we would do lessons or we would do machine gun rentals or we would do whatever. You know, you get all these people that come in from out of town. And they want to rent a machine gun. And we had a P90 there to rent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, it, like the smallest person can go in there. It's never shot a machine gun before and dump a 50 round mag right on the target and never have it move, you know, mm -hmm. because it's just that manageable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I'm seeing like uh, I don't know how old this is, but there was the uh, Excel arms that did a. A 5.7 carbine. I don't know how old that is. Excel Arms. Excel hmm. yeah. Arms out of California or whatever. Uh, it looks like Masterpiece Arms. Oh, Let's see. Oh, here we go. CMMG. Banshee. Yeah. Five, think, that, yeah that's yeah. what it was. That's yeah, CMMG it, did it. Right there. Yeah. Um, Masterpiece, I don't know, man. Um <laughs> I tell you what, they killed it on that long range rifle stuff, mm -hmm. which is funny because it's such a polar opposite for them than, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the little Mac 11, Mac 10 looking things to yeah. go to that precision rifle yeah. and, and good on them, you know, good yeah. for them. People like that gun. Yeah. I want to, so out of the 5.7, I want, so here's the thing. I don't think the Ruger is bad at all. I think it's cool and lots of people like it. If you never had an FN pistol or if you don't compare it, you're probably going to be completely 100%. Uh, happy yeah. with it, but I just want yeah. something amazing. I'm sorry, I want that thing well, to blow my socks it, off. Huh? It is really good. I I really loved it. No, but I want a little bit more. Make a bullpup. Make a carbine. No bullpups. Just just stop hey. it. With the bull so, 
<laughs> You've been talking to manicore arms. They, they, they love bull pups. Yeah. They do, yeah. yeah. Sven. <laughs> Sven, those, Sven. Guys are, those guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, Sven. What did they make a bullpup kid of? Was it a... Uh, a CZ. Yeah, the scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. They have a, bull, a scorpion bullpup kid? Yes. I haven't... Oh, I've God. seen it. I've seen it. I've never <laughs> actually God. used it, so... But yeah, I tell you what, I, was, I went when I was uh, a few years ago. Before I came here, I was actually working with Recoil Magazine, and uh, oh. I went and visited Sven and those guys at uh, Manticore. Uh-huh. And uh, we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep talking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and those guys. And I'm impressed, man. Those guys, they love what they do. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, Recoil's cool. Recoil's probably the only cool actual like print magazine that's out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, but we don't read magazines. We don't read magazines. No. Yeah. No, we're on the podcast. No, no. I'm just. <laughs> we should. We should try no, to get someone from Recoil over here. You know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah. I know that. Um, you know, like I said, going to it. It afforded me, frankly, work. You know, I like those guys. Ian's a very close friend of mine, mm-hmm. and and they're all friends of mine. I like them mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I, I like being in the manufacturing side of things, but they were really good to me. And, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, like I said, I have a lot of really great friends there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Ian, I Ian's cool, man. Practice. You know, anyone who wins oh, top sure. shot is awesome in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's one of the few guys that made it good, you know, in yeah. the industry after doing that. Yeah. A lot of guys tried and moved on to different things, you know, yeah. Yeah. the guys that stuck around, you know, you got Caleb and you got Chris Chang Chris, and you got, yeah. uh, um, Serino, you know, got Chris. Yeah. Chris is a great friend of mine. And Chris stuff. is cool. And, we did a uh, we did an interview with did. him at Shot Show. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. See, they did a great job. A lot of them did a great job, and then some of the others tried, and they just kind of fell off by the wayside, you yeah. know. But then you got somebody like you know you got Michelle Vascuzzi who shoots for Glock, and when I first met her, I've told her this. When I first met her, um, I was kind of like, oh yeah, you're a great shooter. Not so much, you know, but. But she has worked her butt off. She's worked really hard, and she's legit, man. She does well. She shoots well. She's still on Team Glock, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she does a good job for what they do. And she's a mom, and she's experienced a lot of growth and everything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody from Top Shot, you know, some of them have done really well in the industry, and some of them just moved on to other things. So, I don't know. Yeah, but um, I think I did a video excited. with her at Shot Show at, at Glock, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But one of my one of my uh, friends is Peter Palmer, who was on Top Shot. Remember Peter Palmer? <laughs> yeah. I met Peter a, once. Yeah. Peter, I met him at the with with Ian at the uh, uh, at the Shot Show, and he had the, his uh, his pink T-shirt with kittens and yeah, rainbows. And that would be Peter. <laughs> that would be Peter. Yeah, he probably was, had flip flops on or something like that. Or he did. Yeah. he had shorts and flip flops. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Peter's cool, man. It was man. pretty awesome. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a good dude. Hey, I'm all about it, man. People trying to make their way and make things happen, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, yeah. it works out well. And like I said, I mean, Ian's still probably one of my uh, one of my closest friends, and, um, you know, we talk a lot, and um, I love going to his house there in Phoenix and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just funny. There's, there's so many different paths people have taken in the firearms industry. But yeah. like I said, uh, being at Recoil allowed me to – uh, visit a lot more folks. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I've been to Manicore Arms. I've been in their shop with Sven and everybody, and got to see what they do. And 
And uh, I love that. I love being able to see how people make the magic happen. Yeah. It's, it's all kind of the same, and then it's always a little different too, you know. Yeah. So That's the exciting thing, I think, about this. Um, I, I'm not like Patrick is more into making, building things, or whatever. I'm more into dreaming about it, and I want to see the fantastic and the fantastical in the future, <laughs> damn it. I want to see the future. Well, I, I like certain disruptive products, and I think that the Ruger 5.7 is a bit disruptive to a certain company, yeah. you know, uh, who thought that, uh, <laughs> you know, that the, uh, you know, the the yeah. uh, the 5.7 was like made of gold, even yeah. though it's hitting mm-hmm. the end of its life cycle. Usually, you know, usually Ruger's business plan is let's let someone else uh, design it and then steal the design, change it 8%. You know, and yeah. then modify. <laughs> you oh, know, that's what they did go. with the P3AT, and that became the, uh, you know, the the 380. Yeah. What's the name of the 380 Ruger? The LCP, I think. Yeah. Ruger yeah. LCP. But here's the thing: over Caltech, they we all know. I'm not trying to knock Ruger here, but let's talk the truth. They straight up jack Caltech. On the yeah, LCP, yeah, it's a Caltech design. Yeah. Well, it, what the the patent expired or something? No, uh, I think so. No, it wasn't that. Or did they make enough change? Yeah, in the gun world, you you um, if you change eight percent, if you do more than an eight percent change, the good. other company can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah, you're good to go. So, and here's the thing that they did that I think that was interesting. Ruger came out with the LCP two. Caltech never improved that L- that uh, P three AT. Never. Well, I tell you, I I have a P three AT sitting downstairs, and I mean, for what it is, it's a great little gun. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little pocket like, pistol. I have I'm one. Kind of, I'm kind of impressed with Keltec and some of their innovation, and some of the things they've tried to accomplish and have accomplished, and some of their bullpup rifles. Sorry, Patrick. Yes, <laughs> they make awesome uh, bullpup you know, rifles. Patrick's stuff, owned I've, one before. And I've yeah, shot I like my three weight. Yeah. Right. Well, and I've shot with their guys at three gun matches and they're great guys and, you know, they're good to talk to. And, and I mean, I have a Derek Kelgren, you know, at one point a few years ago, sent me a, one of the uh, PMR thirties, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that type of thing. And I mean, it's, I thought that PMR 30 was a great it's idea. Cool. Just I got two so, of those. So cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, throw it. What, what better way to throw it in a backpack if you're out hiking? Like around here, you know, we'll take a week long hike up in the mountains. And mm-hmm. I mean, what a great gun to have in your backpack. Mm-hmm. Cause you got, you know, with, with a 22 mag, you got a lot of firepower in two magazines, mm-hmm. and it's real lightweight. Yeah. So, Caltech, you know, I think, everybody has their thing. Yeah, Caltech, I think, and, you know, um, I, I, so I'm in Florida, and I knew the Caltech guys pretty well until I uh, said something about one of their guns that they didn't really like. Yeah, but anyway, we're cordial. <laughs> we're cordial now. We're cordial. It's okay now. Caltech is kind okay. of like a cult if you say something about, if you say anything wrong about, you know, if you criticize any of their things that they make, they're kind of cultish in their reaction to it. But I think I I think uh, George Kelgren, I put him way above Kalashnikov, who basically stole the AK design from someone and yeah. pretended he did that. George Kelgren is a genius. He's like right now a living gun genius. Right. Yeah. And I don't think he really gets the credit for that. I think um, Caltech is an amazing company. Caltech has no freaking debt. Okay. They've grown. They they make a lot of really cool things. Um, sometimes because you can't uh, say stuff to them, there's th- things like what happened with Ruger happen. You know, they don't necessarily listen to that criticism. Some other companies look at their stuff and go, hmm, we're going to take that, modify it, and, you know, reverse engineer it and, and 
and and kill it actually you know and sell stuff there but there's an incredible amount of potential there and um you know i I, there's not really a lot i can knock about caltech except for the fact that you know they they get a little bit you know they act like a cult you know they act like the doomsday cult sometimes if you say something bad about them. and they don't produce enough of the cool stuff yeah i don't i don't know i i know that sometimes when stuff is popular it doesn't seem like a lot of it gets out but i i can tell you from you know from a manufacturing standpoint I guarantee you they're busting their butt to make sure they, they get the right product out and everything mm-hmm. else. They make but, a lot of stuff. Uh, I have – and right now it's actually trending. I don't know why. I was looking at my videos. I have close to a 1,000 videos on YouTube. But but years ago, I made the first factory tour of Caltech, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, that video is still there. It's, it's about an hour if it's not over an hour. It's trending for some reason right now. But yeah, the, the, those guys are truly manufacturing stuff and manufacturing a lot of guns. It's a it's a false thing happening in the market with the distributors because they have a distrib- uh, distribution-only model that the distributors yeah. get those cool guns from them and then hoard them and tell gun stores, we'll only allocate one or two of these to you if you buy 20 of these other crap guns that nobody else wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some distributors will. Some of the distributors I, I've seen do stuff like that in the past. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, you got that right behind you. Is that star patch? Is that a, a, a dead air patch? Is that behind me or? Yeah, uh, behind me. Yeah, behind me. Yes. Let's see here. I think so. Yes, it is. Is that a dead air patch? So it's funny. Yeah. Pappas. Have you had Pappas on here? No. I don't think he has no we would love to get him if you know if we could. oh he'd probably jump on with you he just he's he lives up the road here but, oh, cool. but my point my point being he loves pappas loves like tech nines oh those are awesome hey, really yeah tech you know nines what I mean? are awesome like the original <laughs> you know, like the original Caltech, you know yeah like yeah um he loves those if, he grab those he'll buy those every chance he gets okay can you do me a favor can you tell him yeah. if he has one that he doesn't want i would like to buy it because I, I want know. a Tech Nine in my collection. Oh, he'll have multiples of it, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. It's just like, yeah, this is great. And I, you know, Mike's he's a character anyway. Tech but, Nines uh, are awesome, and Kelgren, of course, designed that. Um, Did he actually design the Tech Nine, the original? I think he worked with yeah. the company before they went out of business, right, Scott? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I know he had something to do with it. Honestly, I don't know the whole backstory on that, mm-hmm. but I know that. We've discussed it in mm-hmm. the past. You know, Mike and I have discussed it. Yeah. George Kelgren is amazing. To me, I really think that that guy's an amazing, you know, probably like Browning, Kelgren, you know. I put those guys. You know, yeah. It, it's funny how you get those minds that do that and the manufacturing experience and everything else. I mean, like our our owner, Joe, his, his big thing is he loves refining and manufacturing. I mean, he's come up with some things in the past that have been – you know, really crazy in the medical field and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty fun. Like when I was in the shop a couple, uh, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I'd love to see how he wants to refine manufacturing processes and all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he's done things that are, that are like, uh, fancy enough or complicated enough that he comes back to a gun. And it's like, wow, look at that. That's easy. Let's do this and make it better and that type of thing. And all these guys, with that mindset, you know, uh, uh, George and, and, you know, Joe and, you know, I, I don't know that I want to, uh, you know, I don't know if it's worth, you know, mentioning, you know, Browning, but I mean, in his time, Browning was the same way, you know, like mm-hmm. just how do we make this better? How do we manufacture it better? And there's so many guys across the board in the firearms industry who've been able to do that. I, I wish I could think like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Browning, I mean, safely Browning was a genius. I know it was a long time ago. Yeah. 
but um, yeah. we don't get too many but, of I mean, those. Just that, that, that mindset is amazing to me of these guys that can, you know, come up with these ideas and put them down and, and, you know, plan them out and, and then put it into, you know, put it into, uh, the manufacturing processes. And then here it is, you know, here you go. It's kind of like, well, you know, anybody that comes out with a new models, anytime you're out there doing R and D and coming up with new models and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, uh, how it happens, you know, mm-hmm. and we're so fortunate anymore. I, I did a tour of Smith years ago and there was some remnant guys that had been there for decades and they had these big, huge hands and everything was hand assembled when they started and they'd been assembling these guns for years. And then all the CNC machines came in and, you know, one side plate on a revolver is just like the next one and the next one and the next one. But, you know, these, they make sure they fit and they, you know, they hand fit them and things like that. But then once the CNC started, you know, in theory, you shouldn't have to take the time to hand fit everything and stuff. So that's why, you know, for example, some of those guys, uh, or some of those older Smith revolvers are more sought after than some of the newer ones, you know, type of thing, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the newer ones are still awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, it's, I love seeing that. I, I think, you know, what, it, people it, appreciate the people appreciate those older ones because it was like handcrafted, you know, yeah. and honed by a human being. I think people appreciate those things. And so, yeah, nowadays we're getting more, we're getting better prices, but then you have, that's why guys like Patrick uh, go out there, you get those things and then you hone them down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Make them better. Make them better. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, you know, if you really want to go there. So the owner, Joe, he's, is he's a New Yorker, right? Yeah. He's from New York mm-hmm. originally. Uh, but he's lived all over the country doing his projects and his things. He's mm-hmm. down there in Florida now. And, uh, the facility in Daytona has been there for uh, quite a while, I think 2004 or 2003, mm-hmm. um, producing the the, uh, the Sky Pistols. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah. We're always fans of anyone that makes guns in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> as long <laughs> well, as they're fans of us. As long as they're fans of it's us. It's a big deal. You guys, they make a lot of guns down there. Yeah, more guns in Florida. Uh, we just need to pay attention to the laws, things that are happening here. Um, there was an article I was going to talk about. I think I sent it to you guys in the beginning from uh, from Ammo Land. Basically, it says Florida alert: dozens of gun control bills died in Florida this session. Uh, it was another very tough legislative slash session in Florida this year. Anti-gun Democrats were emboldened by Michael Bloomberg's money. His money has been strategically placed to help pass another major gun control bill. Democrats filed so many gun ban, gun control, ammo, and magazine ban bills this year that one had to wonder if they were filing the worst bills they could think of in order to attract some of Bloomberg's money for themselves. And it just goes on and lists all these different things and tells you how they died in committee, etc. I think that we're, we're still in danger of, um, of some stuff actually making its way out there. But the reason why I talk about this I want to see Florida stay the gunshine state and that we're manufacturing things here. And man, I know like there's a there's a manufacturer in Connecticut that I went to visit and they were making an AR and it was kind of like it was it was sad and weird that I was talking to the people making the AR. If you're an AR guy, you look at an AR, you start pulling charging handle, pulling the trigger and stuff, and the trigger was all crunchy and the charging handle was crunchy. I was like, what's up with this? You know, do you even like ARs? And the guy was like, no, I'm an AK guy. And I, and I was <laughs> asking all these questions, and, I, and they were like, well, you know, we can't even buy these here. Right? So they were, gonna, they were trying to make something that they can't even buy. And I thought to myself, this is so sad. 
I want these things to be made by people who are into these things, who can own them, and then they put love, like we were just talking about, into what they do. And I would hate to see that happen in Florida, that we're making things here that we can't even buy or own. God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I've seen along those lines, like you're talking about, I've seen many places where uh, they might as well be making a widget, you know, of any mm -hmm. kind, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like some of the sales folks, um, you know, there's gun folks and then there's just sales folks. And one of my distributors, who's a great guy uh, that uh, they're actually, he just decided they're just kind of uh, going to shut down their distribution company. And they're going to, he, he actually closed on his boat. To, and, you know, once this all COVID stuff goes away, he's going to go down to Florida and hang out on his boat. But mm -hmm. he, uh, he was saying they used to have sales folks that are, uh, and the joke was, when I went there and shot with him one time, I went to meet him for the first time and he was at this Boy Scout fundraiser. And uh, I walked up to this fundraiser out at this um, uh, sporting clays facility and he goes, hey, you're shooting on our team. And I went, uh, okay. <laughs> and so I went and shot on the team and, and you know, uh, a little ways into it, he turned to his buddy. He's like, yeah, he's no fisher. He's, what did he say? He's no fishing lure salesman. And I kind of, <laughs> excuse me, what is that? <laughs> He says, well, that's the joke we have. We had this fishing lure. We had this salesman one time that would come into town, wouldn't come see us. And, uh, you know, he'd, he, he'd come into town. He'd be sitting for three hours at the airport waiting to get out of town, and he wouldn't come visit us. And then when he did, he just, you know, he just wanted to sell him fishing lures or whatever. And, and my point being, he's like, oh, you're a gun guy. You know it. You know, you like to shoot. You yeah. understand how to do it. You know how to do it and yeah. that type of thing. And, yeah. and that was uh, – I, you know, I found that to be kind of a compliment, but you don't see that all the time. You know, mm -hmm. people, uh, a lot of uh, executives and a lot of companies are just there as executives and they know their stuff, but they know business and they, you know, they don't necessarily know yeah. how to shoot or they'll be or they happy to sell any other thing. You know, they don't partake of it. You know, they don't go out and partake of the uh, fun in, in shooting and things. Mm -hmm. Some of them do. You know, and it's cool, and you got to give them credit when they do. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there used to be an event years ago where all the companies would get together, and there was sporting clays, and there was some other stuff, and everybody would send guns for everybody to use, and it was a pretty neat thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, 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 FMG Publications put it together. It was called the um, Shooting Industry Masters, mm -hmm. and uh, everybody would go, but they made a point of not posting the scores for everybody to see. You could get your team scores. And they announced the top three teams, but then they didn't. They made a point of doing that so it wouldn't embarrass all these, you know, uh, executive level guys that, <laughs> that don't necessarily shoot. shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the but that's the tough thing. I think we see that we see that in the firearms industry that there's like some people who inherited companies or whatever it is, and they don't really they don't really feel the passion the way that we do. And eventually that gets reflected um, in, in what they do, the things they say, and whether or not they stay in business even, right? This is, you kind of have to have passion to keep all this kind of stuff going, especially when the whole world is, is typically against it. Well, think about politically in the last probably election or two, you know, where we've had people come out to, you know, firearms industry people that would come out and support politicians who are clearly anti-gun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, and how do you do that? Like, no, because you, like, no, you you're not in the game. <laughs> in the, yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's like years ago when the Dixie Chicks bad mouthed uh, yeah, the anti you know, uh, 
war effort or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah they yeah. badmouth Bush, but yeah. it's like their country music, you know. Yeah, preferred. they said. I, mean, they, I, they, I think they yeah. said that they don't feel welcome in the country music. Uh, Wonder why? Yeah. yeah. Here's, the, here's the deal. Like, do I think I don't think they should have received death threats, and I don't no. think it should have mm. been as crazy as it was by any means. You know, you're allowed to have your own opinion, but you also need to know who your audience is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, that's uh, really, 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 really important. Um, okay. We're about to, we're about to, I want to show this off to you guys since I have you. We were talking about Hot Wheels. I want to show you guys some special Hot Wheels that I have. Oh God. Check that out. <laughs> Who recognizes that? That was one? pretty cool. Yeah. Ecto. That's, that's all right. Yeah. Right there. The Ecto one. That's out in Hot Wheels if you can get your hands on it. And uh, you might recognize this one here. This is actually able to, if you want to travel oh, cool. in a, in a, if you want to go back in time, you might want to get your hands on that right there. There you so go. There you go from, I just I thought I'd share that with you guys. So um, I'm doing a lot of uh, I'm doing a lot of the uh, car stuff and things like that on Stranger Palooza, which is a separate channel. If you guys want to, if you guys want to see that, I might start showing some of my Hot Wheels on there. You know. Get, didn't you uh, Didn't you post most of your SEMA stuff on there? Yep. Yep, that's where yeah. all the SEMA stuff is going to go. I'm going to put the car stuff on there. I'll put some watch stuff on there. I'm into watches. Uh, so is Babyface. Uh, you know, throw up the tech stuff and things like that. But mostly car-related things will go there. Uh, one of these days, I'll do some driving video games. I'll let people compete against me. See how that is. See, I, First, I have to learn how to drive on a, <laughs> a virtual track. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that happen. All right. So listen, we're at nine o'clock. Let's uh, wrap this up here. Patrick, do you want to tell the people how they can uh, keep in touch with you? What's the latest videos that are coming out on Babyface P? Lots and lots of content coming out on, on BFP right now. Um, let's see. I just posted up. I think next week we have the like last of the build series for the uh, M16 parts mm -hmm. kit. Mm hmm. Uh, we got some pretty cool stuff coming yeah. along. I saw your video. But, uh, yes. you, you have a video um, putting a uh, sight post, front sight post, on a barrel. I saw that. You, you. Yep, were, yep. That was that was what uh, went up this week. Yeah, you were humble bragging about having a lathe. I thought that was. I liked how you did that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Because there there are other ways to do stuff like that, but it's like I got a lathe. I'm going to use a lathe. Sorry. Yeah, that was because cool. a lot of people a lot of people complain. They're like, "Well, I don't have a lathe. How do I do this?" And I'm like, "I don't know what to tell you. I got a lathe. Sorry." That's that's a little cruel, man. You know how to do it. You can you can show them how to do it without a lathe. Huh? Not without a without a lathe, not easily. No, not easily. Hey, I. I had a friend did some work on a gun for me. I was changing something out, uh, putting a, like a free float handguard on something with a post, and and it was uh, it was uh, uh, Mike Voigt. He had a freaking uh, Bridgeport in his garage. Oh, I want a Bridgeport so bad. It was awesome. I have a cheap Chinese mill at the moment. I want a Bridgeport. Yeah. You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, baby face. Baby face me. Yeah, Babyface P, that's how you get all that cool stuff. All right, so uh, Scott, tell us how how can the folks follow Sky? Where you know where can they go? What if they want to communicate with you, ask you questions and stuff like that later? Well, if you go on, uh, you can go on our website, uh, you know, sky.com, and then uh, you know we got an Instagram page and Facebook page and stuff. Just go on there and follow us, and uh, we've got. Uh, uh, our girl Megan is uh, she's in charge of that. She does a great job. She'll answer any questions. If there's more questions, just you know, let her know that uh, you know you want to get a hold of me, and she'll figure it out. She'll let you know. And then uh, 
you know, just keep looking for Sky. We're we're selling a bunch of guns. We're we're shipping a bunch of guns. We're building a ton of guns. Um, you know, and I would just admonish folks. You know, the guys out there that are uh, you know saying, you know, why can we do that or why would we do that when we, you know, we could do a, uh, uh, you know, the Sig or the Glock or any of those type of things. Just take a look, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. But mm-hmm. man, a lot of people have seen them and like them and. And uh, I've got one industry buddy I think we talked about the last time I was on where he said he's got one in every room of his house, <laughs> uh, you know, including the bathroom, you know, in a in a Tupperware in the toilet tank, which oh, it, was, good. <laughs> it was a little much, but okay. no, excellent, excellent, impressive. Yeah, that's right. an impressive gun hoarding right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you can get, excellent you know, you can get three of these. If you find them for the right price, you get them the right place. You can get three of these guns for what one of the other guns costs you, and you mm-hmm. can put one in every room of your house or in every vehicle or, or whatever you know, and uh, mm-hmm. or in your tackle box or any number of places. <laughs> yeah. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I would I would ask that people just give them a fair shot, take a look. Uh, I think you'd be impressed with the quality. And uh, you know, we've got that DVG, the striker gun, coming out soon. We've got other new products in the works that'll be kind of a cool thing that yeah, I think you guys will really like. I'm sure we'll come back on and talk about them, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, Sky Firearms, uh, like I said, I've been carrying one since they sent me one uh, when they offered me the position, and I don't hesitate to do it. So yeah, uh, take a look. Check them out. Um, you know, we offer a lot of colors in some of the models, and it might be for you. It might not be, but uh, there's a lot of options, and, uh, you know, we feel real good about our quality, and we've got a great team in our in our shop, and, uh, you know, Joe does a great job. It's, a, it's probably one of my favorite jobs I've had, honestly, in the industry, and uh, I love being here, and and, uh, you know, we offer a lot of options. Take a look. Check it out. Absolutely. Yes. And we will have, I know some people are asking, we'll have Scott back on here. Uh, we, we'll, we'll probably do some kind of giveaway or something like that with Sky coming up here. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get, work that out with Lola. Yeah. We'll get that worked out. And, um, you know, I want to thank you also for coming on, Scott, Scott as well as Patrick, for uh, taking the time and coming on. Shout out to Harry's Holsters. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on here. Everyone stand by there. Uh, make sure you go to Hank Strange. Remember, that's how you get on the email list. And, uh, we're, you know, if we're going to give away the sky, you're going to have to be on the email list there. Let me drop the end for everyone. All right. Make sure you subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live if, you know, if YouTube hasn't totally disconnected that. <laughs> Thanks for everyone for joining us. We are out of here. We will see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> We're out. Leave with jazz hands? Do yeah. we leave with jazz hands? <laughs> we, we could do it. We could you do can. it. We can leave with the jazz hands. <laughs> We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>